Okay, we'd like to welcome you to our Bible study and current event study for July 1st, 2007. And this, basically this whole teaching is going to be devoted to Harry Potter today. I believe the Harry Potter movers, movie is being released this weekend, the new one that's just coming out, and I thought it was appropriate. I know there's going to be a lot of questions about it, like there always is when these movies come out. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a teaching on it today and see exactly what's going on with Harry Potter. And we're going to be, we're going to be uh, citing this from many different sources today, the information, and then you know commenting on it like we normally do. The first article that we're going to get into is one called Sorcery Sells and the Young are Buying. And this is from a website, www.agc.com. And this is by a Laura Mallory. And I believe this is a commentary she wrote. And I thought this was appropriate to kind of kick things off today. And this starts out uh, by saying, Laura Mallory of Loganville has sought to have the Harry Potter books removed from the Gwinnett County Public Schools going before the Gwinnett Board of Education, the Georgia Board of Education, and the Gwinnett County Superior Court. She is now considering taking her fight to the federal court. This week she wrote the following piece for the AJC Gwinnett Opinions. Evidently this is a newspaper in Gwinnett, Georgia. Um, so this woman is really putting her mouth, money where you know, her mouth is. And it goes on to say, the mass media today knows all too well that sorcery sells... Now, when we hear that word sorcery, <clears throat> that's basically witchcraft. That's what we think of in the Bible. Interestingly, also, is where the, the root word for sorcery in the Bible is called pharmakia. And that word pharmakia is where we get the word pharmacy, or pharmaceutical, or pharmacist, because they use drugs. Because, see, m most of the time, sorcery, and this goes all the way back thousands of years, sorcery is normally associated with the use of drugs. Normally, these are mind-altering drugs. It's not like particularly taking a cholesterol medication. Of course, all medications can ultimately alter brain function. But these are more mind-altering drugs because what the mind-altering drugs do is they allow, we'll call them evil entities, we'll call them evil spirits, whatever you want to call them. It's kind of like they give you open doors. So one part of witchcraft that a lot of people are not aware of is that many of these people that do uh, witchcraft ceremonies and things of this nature, what they do is they'll actually take drugs because what that does is it makes them more susceptible to the evil spirits. It influence them during these ceremonies. So that's just a kind of a little side note there. Uh, in fact, I've got a whole email. And if you want to email me about any of the things that we get into in these sermons, you can email me at drjohnson at the letter i, the letter x, dot netcom, dot com. And uh, that website, that email address is also up on the website. You can click on it. So, what they're saying here is that sorcery sells in today's day and world, today's day and age. And the market for the sorcery is none other than our children. So see, this is what Satan's attempting to do right now is he's attempting to get as many children involved in witchcraft as he possibly can. Now why would he want to do that? Why would, why would Satan want to do that? Well, we know we're getting nearer and nearer to the end times, to, to the seven-year tribulation, to that time when the Antichrist comes to power, to that time when he's going to do all lying signs and wonders. The Bible says this is going to happen. And these lying signs and wonders are going to be witchcraft. Okay? In Daniel, it says clearly that the Antichrist is going to cause craft 
prosper. Now that's not craft cheese or craft anything like that. I'm talking or arts and crafts. The craft they're in reference to in the Bible is witchcraft. Okay? If you look at what the one world religion of the Antichrist is going to be at it, in its purest form, it's going to be witchcraft. So, don't you think that if Satan is going to have seven years in this earth and he's going to do this and he's going to do that, he's going to do some things prior to that. In fact, he's been doing this for hundreds of years, preparing the world, and Lord, the, the Lord's letting all this happen because the Bible predicted it was going to happen. So it's not like God's not on the throne. It's not like God's not still in control. But what's happening is, is the Lord is letting all this happen because the Bible predicted it was going to happen. And what Satan is trying to do right now in a very, very big way is set the world up and get as many people involved in witchcraft so that when he makes his big debut on the scene, when the Antichrist does, there'll be a lot of people already involved in this stuff. It'll make, it'll make his job a lot easier. So if we go further, it says just take a look at the flood of the occult books. Now when we hear the word occult, what occult means, when you spell occult, it's O-C-C-U-L-T, what that word occult means is hidden. Now, most of these, of these religions, that, particularly the more demonic they become, deal a lot with hidden knowledge. You get into them, and it seems okay at the very beginning, and then all of a sudden you have to do this, and you have to do this, and there's all these hidden things. It's like Satan has a big carrot out in front of you, and, he's, and you you got to keep going after the carrot over and over and over again. And that's how Satan works. So... She goes on to say, just take a look at the flood of the occult books, the movies, the television shows, the video games, and there's no denying it. Now, all these things she just mentioned, the books, the movies, the, the television shows, and the video games, what Satan has done, you know, through his, through his fallen angelic and demonic army, through the people that they control, is they have, and particularly through Hollywood, they have pre-positioned a lot of this stuff that gets these kids involved in witchcraft. The video games. Just that alone. There's so much evil in these video games nowadays. I mean, not, not every single one of them, but so many of them are just flat out occult. You've got the movies. You've got the TV shows. Uh, you've got probably board games. You've got things like Ouija boards. You've got books. Many children and teens today fascinated, or fascinated with Harry Potter are seeking Harry's power. See, a lot of these kids watch these shows and they say, hey, that kid's got power. He's got power to do this and he's got power to do that. And you'll notice people that are involved in witchcraft, they talk a lot about power. Now, I dealt for a long time with a lot of... Um, um, I dealt with a lot of Haitian patients in sp kind of sporadically as a chiropractor. And I've noticed that the Haitians are immersed in, witch, in witchcraft, high-level witchcraft called voodoo. If you go to Haiti, 99% of the people there are, practice voodoo. 95% of them are also Roman Catholic. Because Roman Catholicism melds so nicely with voodoo. Because they have their little idols they worship and they do this and they do that. And that's all Catholicism is, really. It's just repackaged witchcraft. It's a cult. Well, what I noticed about a lot of these Haitians is they talked a lot about power. Always wanting to have power over other people. And I could never understand that because I have a hard enough time dealing with my own bad self. You know what I mean? My, my own flesh. I don't want to have power over all these other people. It's just not a, mo a motivation for me. But I notice that people that are involved in the occult 
really have a big hang-up on having power over others. And I think it goes with the territory of this whole witchcraft thing. So anyway, wait, that was just another little side note there. Um, <clears throat> going back to the article, it says, What exactly is Harry's power? Where does it come from? Is this just a harmless fantasy power? Or perhaps is there something more to it? Let's take a closer look at the effects of Harry Potter on this generation. Now what I'm going to do right now is uh, I'm going to read you from a book. It's called We Love Harry Potter and we are going to tell you why. That's the name of this book. Okay. Um, these are kids talking. This is from Dylan. His name. He's age 10. Here's a quote from Dylan. Now this is in this book. He says, quote, I want to go to wizard school. Now, when they say wizard school, that's kind of a... You think of a wizard, you think of a guy with a nice big pointy hat and, and with his little magic wand. But see, all a wizard is, is basically a witch or a warlock. Or somebody deeply involved in the occult. But a wizard is kind of a nice, nicer way of... Saying, it doesn't have as much of a, quite of a negative connotation as you'd say, well, he's a witch. Oh no, he's a wizard. You know, it sounds a little better. So they like to use the word wizard. But it's all the same. So Dylan says, I want to go to wizard school and learn magic. I'd like to learn to use a wand and cast spells. End of quote. A wand, well that's pure, pure, pure witchcraft. You start getting involved. Now do you realize that in the Old Testament, if you lived in the Old Testament, and you were caught practicing witchcraft, you were killed. That was according to God's law. You were killed. That's how serious of an offense it was. The Bible also says... Now, now the Bible says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Okay, so this is something that, that, that all witches are. They're rebellious to the Lord. Okay, And it, it's also a warning to us, because if we're walking and living in rebellion, you know, it's not a good thing to be a rebel. Okay, uh, in, in regard to, um, you know, the way that we act and that we live and that we present ourselves, rebellion is, is the sin of witchcraft, so God does not like rebellion, okay? Uh, now, and that rebellion, primarily, if you really want to define that rebellion, that would be rebellion toward the Word of God, because... Um, you know, there's certain times in our in our lives when we, when obviously we're not going to want to go along with what uh, man says, and and man might say, well, you're in rebellion to this. But see, it's better to be obedient to God than to, than to be obedient to man. We want to always make sure that we're right with the Lord, and most of the time, what that's going to entail is us not being right with man. Because man's ways are not God's ways. And usually man's ways are contradictory to the Word of God. So then this next quote says, this is from Mara. Her, she's 12 years old. She says, if I could go to wizard school, I might be able to do spells and potions and fly on a broomstick. Now, again, we're dealing with a uh, sincere desire here evidently to, you know go to learn how to be a witch, to be able to do the spells and the potions, which is all part of witchcraft, and flying a broomstick. Now, when you say a witch flying on a broomstick, you know, a lot of times you see that during Halloween and stuff, what that is representative of is something in the occult called astral projection. Now, what astral projection is, is when you get to a high enough level as a witch, because see, 
it's like anything else. If you get into something, if you if you become a Cub Scout or a Boy Scout, you start at the bottom and then you kind of go up and you get more higher ranks and things like that. That's like that in everything in life. Well, witchcraft is no different. When you get into it, you start at the lower levels and you go up. If you get to be a high enough level witch or warlock or wizard or whatever you want to call it, you can actually start getting into what they call astral projection. Now this is where you basically, they, you've ever heard of these things that are called out of body experiences? A lot of these people in the, in the new age experience this. Okay? Um, in fact, there was a show I watched one time, and I believe this was before I was saved, and it was about Shirley MacLaine. Now, she's a big-time you know, person in Hollywood, and she's into the New Age. And she had this show, and I can remember in this show, she went out of body. And when she went out of body, I noticed that there was this silver cord that was attached to her. And I remember in the thing, she flew up through the clouds, through the atmosphere, she went around the moon. And she had this cord attached to her. Now, what this is is this cord is what attaches her soul, I believe her soul to her spirit, is how I, I believe is how they believe it works, and, and it can only go so far. Now I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna find this verse in Ecclesiastes here. And and I noticed that. Now what that is actually called is astral projection. When you get to a high enough level in the occult where you're adept enough that you can actually go out of body. Now you've got to be seriously demon possessed to the toenails to do this stuff. There's a big movement now also called remote viewing. Which is where it's not so much you're going out of body. It's almost like you're staying in your body but you're looking at something that's happening three or four thousand miles away potentially. And what they do, our government has actually put millions and millions of dollars into programs in our own government to hire people to actually refine their remote viewing skills. Because what is it? It's the perfect spy tool. You can look at the Russians. What, what are they doing over there? Well, you're doing something in your head demonically. You're tapping it. Supposedly what it is, you're tapping into some kind of cosmic consciousness where you can see what's going on in another part of the world. So there's two ways that I know of in the occult you can do that. You can either do remote viewing, which is huge right now. In fact, there's a guy named Major Ed, Ed Dames. He was one of the he was the major that was in charge of this this part of when the government was doing all this remote viewing stuff. He's come out now, and now he's got all these DVDs you can buy. He's got all these classes you can go to. In fact, I got on his email list just to kind of keep an eye on what the devil's doing. And yeah, I, I got one the other day from him. And so you're going to hear a lot more about remote viewing if you haven't already. Ready. But astral projection is a little bit different because you're actually going out of your body and you're actually going to some place out of your body. Now when you see a, wit a witch riding a broom, that's what that's symbolic of. Because people can't fly, but see, if you're out of body, you can fly. So when you ever see a witch riding a broomstick, that is, that is totally symbolic of, of a witch astral projecting herself to some other part of the world or whatever. You can go about wherever you want to go. Um, what I've also heard about astral projection, that if you do do that as a witch, it takes a tremendous toll on your body. Because see, your, your body wasn't meant to be separated from your spirit while you're here on this earth. So it's something very, very, very unnatural. It's something very, very, very ungodly. And these people that do astral projection, from what I've been told, age very, very, very quickly. It accelerates the aging process very highly. So these are just some things. And when you, when you do astral projection, I believe that the body is just kind of like a shell almost. I mean, I think you're breathing, barely. And I believe you get the, the, the body itself, from what I've been told, gets very uh, almost cold. And because your, your, your spirit's outside of that, 
Okay? Now, the reason that, that silver cord struck me is because when I read this verse in Ecclesiastes years later, and then I hearkened back to that silver cord that I saw in that, that uh, uh, Shirley MacLaine, that New Age show, because it says here in Ecclesiastes, now this is talking about death. Chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes is talking about basically death. Um, and, and I'll just I'll just give you a couple verses before this so you can understand that's what we're talking about here. Remember now, thy Creator, in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh. Now, what is this talking about? The evil days, and nor the years draw nigh, meaning you're, you're getting on in life, is what this is talking about. When thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Well, when you get when you get older, the older and older and older you get, a lot of times you don't have pleasure because you're suffering, because you're dealing with your physical ailments. And this is what this talks about. While the sun and the... While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. Now this might be a reference to losing your eyesight. And then it goes on to say, <clears throat> um, And the grinders cease because they are few. Probably because you're losing teeth. Okay? Uh, and those that look out the windows be darkened. And again, I think this is another, another reference to your eyes. Your eyesight starts to become darkened. And the doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low. And maybe that's losing your hearing there. Um, and then it talks about the daughter, the music being brought low, losing your hearing. <clears throat> when also they shall be afraid of that which is high, and the fear shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home. See, a lot of times when you get older, <clears throat> if you've had desires when you were younger... You get to a certain age and you realize those desires are not going to be fulfilled. So these are these desires failing you. okay? Because man goeth to his long home and the mourners go about in the streets. Well, you're, you're going to go to that your home, wherever that is. Whether, it, whether your abode is in hell or whether it's in heaven. You got, you've got a home waiting for you somewhere. And the mourners go about in the streets. I would assume that this would be in reference to the funeral mourners at your funeral. Okay, but then it says in verse 6, it says, Or ever the silver cord be loosed. Huh. Or ever the silver cord... Now, what is all this in reference to? We're all talking about dying here. Especially verse 5. And then it says, Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. Then, after this happens, after the silver cord is loosed, or the golden bowl broken, or the pitcher be broken of the fountain, or the wheel broken of the cistern. These are all symbolic of death. All four of those examples in verse 6. And then it says, and how do I know that? Because verse 7 says, Then shall the dust return to the earth. So if you had any doubts if this was dying, you have no doubts now, because verse 7 totally clarifies that for you. Then shall the dust return to the earth. As it was, because why? Because we were made of the dust. You know, uh, we were made from the dust of the earth. And the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Because God gives the spirits. So, this, in verse 6, it says, Or ever the silver cord be loosed. Now, what I've, what I've also read from my studies in the occult is if this silver cord is ever broken when these witches are doing astral projection, they die instantly. It's a well-known fact in the occult. Now, you're not gonna you're not gonna go and find this out in your standard church, okay? I've had so many dealings with witches and warlocks and these this type of stuff in the occult. Um, as being a Christian, that I've 
I've wanted to not be ignorant of Satan's devices because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.11 that lest, we be, lest Satan get an advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. So there's some of the stuff that I've actually studied to find out what Satan's devices are. And I know that's one of the things they say. That if that silver cord's ever broken when they're in astral projection, they're dead. Now, if they get adept enough at astral projection, they can actually go in... Now, this is if you have no... Let's say, let's say, let's say you have no protection from the Lord. Let's say you're just some unsaved person living like the devil. They can actually go and do things to other people in a negative, negative way. Okay, I've heard even murders being committed in this way through witchcraft. So there's a lot of things that go on in the realm of witchcraft that we as Christians would discount and say, "Oh no, that never, never happens." And you know what? Satan wants you to believe that. He wants you to think there's no such thing as Satan or witchcraft or anything, and none of it has any power. It's just all fun and games. Because the more you think that, the more you're never going to want to ever fight it. And the more you're not going to take it seriously. And that's exactly what he wants. So then we go on. Here's another quote. This is from Jeffrey. He's, he's 11 years old. He said, quote, It would be great to be a wizard because you could control situations and things like teachers. And that's one of the messages that Harry Potter sends out to kids. Hey, you can control your teachers. You can control your, your kids. You can control who likes you. You can do this and you can do that. You can manipulate and control. And that's what about this whole thing about power over other people. You, you start to develop this lust for power over other people. Not what the Bible says about putting others before yourself. No, it's about putting yourself first. See, witchcraft is about putting yourself first. It's a very, very, very self-centered religion. You serve the God of self in witchcraft if you really want to boil it back. Yes, there may be other things you worship, and you might worship the God of Pan, which is where we get the word pandemonium, or the God Bacchus, which is the God of wine and debauchery and drunkenness, or you might you know, worship whatever God you're going to worship. But really what it's what witchcraft is all about is self-satisfaction, self-gratification. It's all about you. You know, and that's what the world says. It's all about you. So then, Catherine, age nine, she says, I'd like to go to the wizard school, learn magic, and put spells on people. Wow, so much for, for not interfering with somebody else's, you know, life or free will. No, she wants to put spells on people. I'd make up an ugly spell, and then it's payback time, exclamation point. Oh, now we're really getting down where the rubber meets the road. So now these little kids are saying, I want to pay this one back. Tommy did this to me, now it's payback time, and I'm going to use witchcraft to do it. Carolyn, age 10... She says, I feel like I'm inside Harry's world. If I went to wizard school, I'd study everything. Spells, counter spells, and defense against the dark arts. Well, isn't that ironic? Because the dark arts are what she's talking about. But, she's, but see, in witchcraft, they want to have two sides to it, like Harry Potter does. Because see, Satan's good and he knows what he's doing. He's very subtle. The Bible says that Satan, when he came into the Garden of Eden and he deceived Eve, he said he was more subtle than any beast of the field. Well, what does that word mean? He was very subtle means he was very good. He was very kind of low-key about what he did. He did it in such a way you didn't really know what he was doing. And this is how Harry Potter is. Because kids see it and they're like, oh, this is cool, this is adventure, this is fun. you know. But they don't understand that what they're dealing with is actually high-level witchcraft. So, 
when they, she says, I could do counter spells and defense against the dark arts. What we have here is in witchcraft, they have what they call white witchcraft and black witchcraft. The white witchcraft, you, you normally hear of people that participate in, it's called Wicca. W-I-C-C-A. These are, the, these are the good witches. You know, like the good witch in, in the Wizard of Oz? Oh yeah, remember the good witch? And then there was the wicked witch of the West? And then there was the good witch of what, it was the East or something? Well, in witchcraft, you've got good witches and you've got bad witches. It's all a lie. It's all straight from the pit of hell. It's all, it's all to deceive you. And that's why people that get into this, sometimes people that maybe even have a Christian background say, well, you know, I'm going to use witchcraft to do good. That's what they always say. I'm going to put love spells and, and do things like that on people and, and I'll, I'll, I'll do prosperity spells and I'm going, to, I'm going to make good happen. And if there's any bad witches, I'll, I'll do counter spells to them because we're going to counteract all the bad witchcraft. But you know what happens? It's all from the devil. Every bit of it. All of it's witchcraft. It's all an abomination in God's eyes. What ends up happening is, is these people that get into the white witchcraft if they stay in the white witchcraft, what always invariably ends up happening is, Taylor, sit like a lady, what always invariably ends up happening is, is they get into the darker stuff. They'll get into what they call the gray witchcraft. You know, there's white, gray, and there's black. The gray is kind of a combination. Because see, they'll get to a point where they realize, well, I want this power, I want this thing, but you know what, I can't get it with white witchcraft. I, I need a little something more here. It's this carrot that Satan keeps dangling out in front of you when you get involved in witchcraft. And what it is then... Now, Harry Potter, a lot of what Harry Potter does is flat out black. Of course, they say, oh no, it's all good, we're just battling the evil Voldemort or whatever this guy is. But really, what a lot of they're getting into is, is, is overt black. They're just trying to portray it as white. So... They get into um, a lot of this. It's really semantics is all it is. Um, and again, it's very subtle. But invariably, if you want to stay in witchcraft and you want to go further, and, and I mean, uh, there's a lot of people that have come out of witchcraft that are born-again Christians now, and they'll tell you this every single time. You have to keep doing more and more and more for Satan in order to gain greater and greater power, greater and greater knowledge, or whatever you're trying to attain. You've got to always keep doing more and more and more. It never ends. Remember, remember, Satan is a cruel taskmaster. He will always get you doing more and more and more. It'll never end. It never ends. Okay? Whereas Jesus contrasts that with his burden, his yoke being light and his burden being light, these types of things. So... This is the, the lure with witchcraft, and that's why so many people that end up getting involved in entry-level witchcraft, which we can maybe refer to as Wicca. Now that word Wicca means bent, or twisted. Because it's a warped and it's a twisted thing. Even, their, even the very white witchcraft, they admit that, you know. Um, but most of these people end up getting further and further into it because they realize that's where the real power is. That's what they're told. You know, they'll have somebody pull them aside finally once they get in white witchcraft. They say, hey, listen, now I know what you're trying to attain. He says, but, you know, the real power is in the black stuff and the black arts. And then they end up getting into that. Okay? And then they go from there. So then, let's go a little further. Then this is from Julie. She's 13. She said, I liked it when the bad guys killed the unicorn and then Voldemort drank its blood. End of quote. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. You gotta go. Oh, um, oh okay. 
Um, God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. So, this is this is nice. Voldemort drank this unicorn's blood. Now, the unicorn is this mythological beast that um, actually, from my studies on the unicorn, the unicorn is basically symbolic of the Antichrist. Okay? It's a mythical, mythological beast that is has no basis really in uh, any of God's creation. Other than if you consider the Indian rhinoceros a unicorn because he has got one horn. Okay, The Indian rhinoceros is the only um, animal that actually uh, could be considered a real unicorn on this planet. Whereas the unicorn that they're portraying here is a little different. It's a horse with a horn. Okay, There's no biblical basis in fact for that. But I believe the Bible does talk about a unicorn, but... Most likely what that is in reference to is not the unicorn that we think of in these mythological things. It's the Indian rhinoceros, which is actually the only rhinoceros that has one horn. Many rhinoceros have actually two coming out. Anyway, that's a little little side note, but I did a study on that one time. So, Voldemort drank this unicorn's blood. Now, drinking a blood, again, I mean, that would be one of the most heinous things in God's eyes that you could possibly ever do. In fact, there's a, in, in uh, I believe Deuteronomy, it's a perpetual covenant, God said, that thou shalt not drink blood or eat fat. Okay, this is, these are not things we should be doing, is eating, you know, just big slabs of fat off of an animal. But even worse than that is drinking blood. Okay? And drinking blood is even prohibited in the New Testament, and I think we've touched on that before, and uh, I'll probably end up doing a a whole study on that in in the future. Uh, A lot of these studies I've already done, but unfortunately I didn't have them all recorded, and so I'm going to have to go back and do some of these. But drinking of blood in the Bible is absolutely forbidden. What occultists believe is when they drink either an animal or a human's blood. Now in the occult, The highest human sacrifice, from what I've been told, is a small baby boy infant. And if you're in high enough level in the cult, they'll actually sacrifice small infants, small little babies, slit their throats, drain their blood into chalices and drink them. Because they believe that they can get that child's innocence. Okay, that's what they believe. This is how sick. But see, if you think about it, if you follow Satan, he's going to eventually lead you down a road where you're doing the most sick, debased things that the normal person could never even conceive. But this is what happens. And they, be, they believe that if they drink a, an infant's blood or a child's blood or something like a unicorn, what they're doing is they're vampirizing their innocence. They're vampirizing their youth and their vitality and their energy that's in that blood because the Bible says the, 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 um, the, um, the life that we have is in the blood. How does that go again? I forget. Yeah. So, it's very important for an occultist to drink blood because they believe there's this transfer of energy. And there probably is. There's probably some type of demonic transfer of energy that appears to have a benefit to them. But it's not a benefit. It's just more of a curse that they're bringing on themselves. So, this is, you know, this is what Harry Potter's getting you conditioned for and used to, drinking blood. Which is one, like I said, it's one of the it's one of the highest rituals in all of Satanism is drinking blood. But it's okay because it's just fantasy and it doesn't really matter because it's not really no it's 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 all an abomination from the pit of hell. I mean, we're supposed to flee all appearance of evil. We're supposed to set no wicked thing before our eyes. And Harry Potter is wicked and it's evil. 
This goes on to say, these are typical responses given by children when asked if they if they'd like to have Harry's power. What about casting spells? Is it just fantasy? The Association of Teachers and Lecturers, a teachers union in Great Britain, says, this goes far beyond a case of reading a Harry Potter story. This represents an extremely worrying trend among young people. Please consider this small portion of a transcript taken from the National Public Radio report done in May 13, 2004. The profile was, quote, teens and Wicca. Now remember, we already talked about Wicca. And this is teens and Wicca on the radio show, All Things Considered. Now this is on NPR, National Public Radio. And it goes on to say, quote, It's hard to know the exact numbers, but Wicca is believed to be one of the fastest growing religions among high school and college students. And again, it is harder, a little bit harder to know the numbers, because these aren't people that assemble on Sundays and get together in a church and you can do a head count. It's not like that. Okay, they're more. Uh, they more operate in in um, little what we would call, I guess, what they would call covens. A witch coven would consider to be thirteen witches, um, and then a lot of times, you know, maybe these are a lot bigger in some instances. Goes on to say the Barner Research Group. Okay, hold on. Uh, yeah, Wicca is believed to be one of the fastest growing religions among high school and college students. Well, why not? We've got we've got every facet of the media. You know, Harry Potter probably leading the way, brainwashing kids to be to be to be get involved in witchcraft. And then it goes on to say the Barner Research Group, a marketing research firm serving Christian ministries, polled 612 teenagers between the ages of 13 and 19. The results: teenagers who have read the Harry Potter books or have seen the Harry Potter movie were more likely to have experienced experimented with psychic or occult activities than those teens who have not. Uh, the study revealed that 41% of teens have seen the Harry Potter film or have read one or more of the books. Now these books don't think that if you read one of Harry Potter's books or if you, or if you go to see one of the movies that it's not going to affect you spiritually. Because whatever you set in front of you is going to, is going to affect you spiritually in some way, shape, or form. And Harry Potter's no difference. No different. Um... I mean, these these movies are wicked, and especially a child who's not even saved, they go to see something like this. They've got really no spiritual protection. There's, there's certain spirits that are going to influence them that are associated and attached with the books and the movies. Don't think if you go and buy a Harry Potter book, there's not a great big fat demon attached to it, because there are. It's well known in the occult when you go and you buy like hard rock, uh, rock music and things like this, that they'll do ceremonies. Many of these rock groups actually do ceremonies before and they'll do it over what they call the master. The master is, is the recording that makes all the other recordings in the thing. And they'll actually have big witchcraft ceremonies to actually for Satan to come down and bless um, this recording so that all the other recordings... Essentially, so number one, they sell a lot of albums, and number two, that it's it's uh, these these demons operate and emanate through these recordings in such a way where they're going to defile the people listening to this music in the maximum way. Now, Jack Chick has, uh, I, I know a comic book, I believe it's called Spellbound, 
that deals with this. And it, and it really, if you want to know more about it, get that get that um, comic book. It's called Spellbound, and it's from uh, it's the website's www.chickchick.com. They've got a whole comic series. These comics are really great to give to kids because they go through and they, they cover a, a different topic uh, like that. Every one of them does. So if we go further, it says that the Wiccan witch Silver. Ravenwolf, nice name, Silver Ravenwolf, is only too happy to help your teens to become a witch. Having written numerous books, the guides on spell and witchcraft, such as her, I, I didn't know if it was a man or a woman, That's uh, it's, it's a woman, she's, she's wrote a, uh, a book here called, the, quote, The Teen Witch Kit, and then another one called Teen Witch Wicca for a New Generation. Oh yeah, it's a new generation, all right. She's a high priestess, or no, high priestess in which Kate West offers, quote, the real witch's handbook, written in a way that makes it very accessible for beginners and young readers. There are plenty more, but don't forget the internet, where everything is just one click away. One search for witchcraft yields more than 7 million results. So are we so naive to think this is just fantasy? I mean, and again, why I, why I prefaced everything at the very beginning of this is because we know that the one world religion of Antichrist in its purest form is going to be witchcraft. So shouldn't we be kind of on the lookout to see what things maybe Satan might be putting out there? I mean, is this something maybe we should be praying about? Maybe fasting about in regard to these things? Then we go, we go on to say the Pagan Federation is an organization promoting paganism, which encompasses witchcraft. When you hear the word paganism, that's essentially just witchcraft, okay? Christian author Barrett Kojos cites a 1999 report in the This is London Entertainment Guide, the evening edition, in which the Federation media officer Andrew Norfolk said the pagan organization does not admit members under the age of 18. But it deals with an average of 100 inquiries a month from youth who want to become witches. These are kids under 18. Now this was back in 1999. Who knows what it's like now? And has occasionally been swamped with calls. Now, if you want to know where the witchcraft capital is of the world, it's, it's England. A lot of people don't know that. But England is well known as the witchcraft capital of the world. It also has, no, 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 probably coincidence, it's also the number one place where if you got, uh, where you have like haunted houses and things of that nature, there's more haunted houses in England per capita or whatever, however they would, they would gauge that, per house, than any other place on earth from what they've been able to figure out. So England, and this is where the Harry Potter books come from, J.K. Rowling. This is her home, I believe. So, it's no wonder that, that England spawned all of this, because they're really witchcraft central anyway. So, if we go further, uh, this goes on to say, Norfolk is further quoted as saying, in response to the increased queries coming from youngsters, we established a youth officer. In other words, they want to be able to service the kiddies as well, because all these kids want to become witches now. And it is quite possibly linked to the things like Harry Potter, and meaning all these inquiries they're starting to get. Of course it's linked to Harry Potter. And things like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and then there was that movie called, movie called uh, I think there was a TV series called Charmed. All these things are from Hollywood, 
to condition us for this. Now, if you look at the word Hollywood, in these Harry Potters, I watched the trailer for this new Harry Potter movie that's coming out. It was online through ABC Family, which is probably the most wicked, wicked, subtle um, TV, mainstream TV thing on the planet. ABC Family's motto is a new kind of family. ABC Family were the same ones that brought us Fallen, which is where this Nephilim, this Fallen Angel is going to come back. But he's not a Fallen Angel. He's a Nephilim. He's half human, half Fallen Angel, which is what the Bible talks about in Genesis chapter 6. And is what Jesus said, that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Well, what was going on in Genesis 6? Why did God have to flood the, flood the world? Because he, the world had been so defiled through the fallen angels, through their procreation of these things, these beings called Nephilim, that God had to basically destroy the whole world because Satan was attempting to destroy the seed that would eventually bruise his head. And he was doing that by defiling mankind through these fallen angels that had fallen. This movie that ABC Family promotes, and I think they're going to come out with another edition of it this year. It's, it's a, like a little, I think it's just like a, a two-hour movie. Um, it promotes this Nephilim as being the savior of all the fallen angels, and really, I believe, the savior of mankind. They also promote a show called Kyle XY, which is about this cloned boy, teenager, that comes back, he has all these special powers, and he, he ultimately what he, he's, in fact, they just started a new season, uh, through ABC Famous, their second season now, and this, this cloned uh, boy comes back, and he's basically the savior of all humanity. Okay. So that's Kyle XY. Um, they are promoting all these, all these wicked shows. So we've got ABC Family promoting all these wicked things out there. And... Um, Kyle XY, you've got The Fallen... They're one of the, the. In fact, the trailer that I clicked into to watch Harry, this Harry Potter trailer, uh, I believe it's something having to do with the Order of a Phoenix or whatever. This new movie that's coming out, uh, I believe it's already been released at this point. The trailer was right up on ABC Family. Now, coincidentally enough, one of the main. Do you know ABC Family has Joe, Smiley Joel Olstein on there all the time? They also promote the Seven Hundred Club. Pat Robertson, he's up there all the time. ABC Family promotes a lot of what they call mainstream religion. Now, knowing that their agenda was so evil, and promoting witchcraft, and promoting cloned human beings being okay, and, and, and promoting Harry Potter, yet at the same time they've got the 700 Club. That must be in line with their philosophy. This feel-good, bro-cream religion. This religion of the Antichrist that's coming. So that's just a warning. So I mean, if, if ever I see somebody like ABC Family, whoever they would be promoting, I know that there's got to be major, major, major problems up on that network if they're promoting any kind of religious broadcast, which they are, which is pretty ironic if you, if you really think about it. The word Hollywood, when you look at Harry Potter, and uh, when I was watching this trailer, the one thing that I kept seeing was they always had these magic wands. And they would use these magic wands in order to do witchcraft. And in order to, to cast their spells and they, they would fight each other and they would throw these, I don't know what they were, but balls of energy or something at other people. And what the common theme was, this is how they did battle, okay, through these wands. The word Hollywood 
is no accident because a witch's magic wand ideally is made with the wood of the holly tree. Okay? Hollywood is the wood that is used to make a witch's magic wand. Hollywood, ironically, and it's by no accident, is also the tool that Satan has used to put the spell and cast the spell on today's youth and on today's uh, people through the media, through movies like Harry Potter, through um, the, the TV shows and things of this nature. So that's by no accident that this has all happened this way. Okay, so we go a little bit further. And it says, what, when are we going to wake up to what the mass media is feeding our kids? Abraham Lincoln said, the philosophy of the schoolroom is one generation. This is a really good quote. The philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of the government in the next. Now again, this is why Satan wants to do this. This is why Hitler made that quote about, give me one generation of your youth. You know, I'll control everything. If Satan has one generation where the kids are totally given over to witchcraft and totally given over to evil, that is what those, these same people are going to grow up. And they're going to start to hold high positions in government and things of this nature. So this is why uh, this is said. And then, and then it says, The Bible was in America's schoolroom for over 200 years, and it was not removed until 1962. Now witchcraft is being promoted in our classrooms. And this is when America really started to, to make a downfall. You know, when they removed the Bible from the classroom, prayer, Roe versus Wade got enacted, they started aborting babies, made, made it legal. Um, this was when America, and this is the same time when, you know, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll all came on the scene during the 60s. Let your inhibitions down. Everybody started, a lot of people started doing drugs. And this is when America's downward spiral really started to happen. It really in the 60s, it's, and it's well known. And now these people that have grown up in the 60s have had kids, and now you know these kids are being indoctrinated into witchcraft, much like their parents, but now they're being indoctrinated in a much heavy duty way. Because again, Satan's always going to take you down, he's always going to want to take you further and further and further, and he's going to want to defile your kids at a younger and younger age, because the younger he gets them, the more defiled they become as they grow up. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, that's what Satan's trying to do with our kids. He's trying to destroy them from their very, very foundation so that when they grow up, they have no chance. Now, I'm not saying God cannot intervene and God cannot save, but there's a less likelihood that person's going to get saved if all he's ever known is wickedness. And that's what's going on now. With most of the kids, that's all they're getting is wickedness. The public school systems are, are, are no different, and we're going to look at that in a second here. According to Dr. Lisa Eichholz's testimony at the Gwinnett County School Board hearing, Harry Potter books are being used as text for school. They're using Harry Potter in schools as like a textbook. Oh no, that can't be true. Oh, it's not? Well, let's, re let's read a little further. The Gwinnett County case was not about the books being removed from the libraries in the schools, but about them being used in classroom and their promotion of witchcraft. See, it's not about them being on a library shelf and some kid having free will to go there and take the book off and read it. No, they're being shoved down these kids' throat because it's in the classroom being used as a textbook. And did you know Scholastic Inc. is the publisher of Harry Potter? Oh yeah, Scholastic Inc.? As well as the publisher of public school textbooks? I remember when I was a kid, Scholastic Inc. They've published uh, uh, textbooks for years for schools. 
Well, they published Harry Potter. Doesn't that show you that, that, that our, the governmental, educational, institutional system, how corrupt it actually is, that they would actually promote... You don't think there's, they're going to put anything there that has anything to do with the Bible? Oh no, that you know. Even though you know, we don't want to do that. We want we, we we want to promote something politically correct, like witchcraft. But the Bible's not politically correct. And did you know that Scholastic Inc. Um, uh, okay, we already said that. There is an anti-Christian worldview agenda today in our schools and government. And Harry Potter clearly undermines a biblical worldview, replacing it with a pagan worldview. To put it simply, that's that's not fair. And it's time to say so. More than 3,000 protests and challenges have been filed against Harry Potter by concerned parents across the U.S., as reported by the American Library Association. So, so not everybody's so wild about Harry. And I, and I thank God for that. I thank God for people, you know, doing this. Though Harry is, is a hero to many in this generation, Doc, actor Daniel Radcliffe, who has become the face of Harry Potter in the movies. Now, this is the kid that plays Harry Potter in the movies. His name's Daniel... Radcliffe. He's Harry Potter. What, well, what else is he doing outside of being Harry Potter? Well, he's recently done a nude film called Equus. Did you know Harry Potter's done a nude film called Equus? The guy that plays Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe? Now, Equus, what does that imply? Something about horses? Equus? Yeah, it does. Listen to this. He's portrayed in this movie Equus as Alan Strang, a young stable hand who not only has a pathological sexual fascination with horses, but a cruelty beyond explanation in his mutilation of the horses by blinding six of them with spikes. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. This is the kid that plays Harry Potter that every, all these kids look up to and view as a hero. And don't think that's not going to carry over to them following what he's doing in other acting parts. He's playing in this show called Equus. Where he's, full, I, I don't know if he's fully nude. He's done a nude film that said Equus. And this kid in this film has a pathological sexual fascination with horses. Well, that, that sounds nice. You know, that's another thing in the Bible, that if the, the Bible said if any man or woman ever laid with a beast, they would, I believe they were to be burned. Or killed at bare, bare minimum. Okay, now this is Old Testament, I'm not saying we go lynch them and do this today, but I'm saying it was that high of, a, of an abomination in God's sight that he would have you do and see this is the problem you get involved in witchcraft there's always going to be more debauchery involved there's always going to be things that that you have to do to please Satan that are going to defile you more and more and more and that's the whole point because Satan wants to get you to hell and he wants to use you as a tool to lead as many people to hell as as possible because that's ultimately his goal because he know he knows he's ultimately bound for the lake of fire and he wants to take as many people as possible with him that's what this is all about every single every single lesson that i do every single thing that 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 i teach and preach if you really want to boil it all down that's where the battle really is. Who's going to wind up in heaven and who's going to wind up in hell? And Satan's agenda is to get as many people to hell as possible. So Daniel Radcliffe has this show and he mutilates six of these horses with spikes. He blinds them, I guess. Yeah. And then Radcliffe has, however, signed to do the rest of the Harry Potter movies. He is but one example of a child in our culture left to his own whims and not to be conformed by biblical precepts. The Bible says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good manners. So then we go further. So what are we, so what are we concerned parents to do? 
What are we as a nation to do if witchcraft really is one of the fastest growing religions among teenagers today, as some reports show? Has the church perhaps grown lukewarm or even cold? Oh, please. Is that even a question? A cult expert, and I mean, you've got you've got focus on the family promoting. They promote Harry Potter. They say it's harmless fantasy. They, they even they even equate it to, to um, a lot of things in the Harry Potter themes, like good fighting evil. Oh, it's good for it's good for us. And we're going to look at that a little bit more too. We're going to see what some of the Christian organizations are saying about Harry Potter. And you're telling me they're not being used as tools of Satan? Oh yes, but he's such a good man. He seems so sincere as a preacher. Who cares? He's leading you down the wrong road. That's why the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. So what are concerned parents to do? What, what are we as a nation to do if witchcraft really is one of the fastest growing religions among teenagers? As some reports show. A cult expert, author, and producer, Carol Matriciana, reminds us, quote, In various ways our children are beleag- beleaguered by bad company resulting in a rebellion against parents. The church and God's morality. The Bible predicts children will rise up against parents. It does predict that. Well, isn't this a great tool for that? Wow, I can have power. And I can have power over my classmates and my siblings and even my parents. I guarantee you, there's kids, there's kids, see kids don't like to ultimately have anybody rule over them. Their flesh don't like that. Their flesh don't, no kid likes, in their flesh likes a parent telling them what to do. In every kid, and in every, in every adult for that matter, there's rebellion. If, you, if, if really the truth be known, if, if, if the flesh be exposed for what the flesh is, it doesn't like being in subjection to anybody. Okay? Well, think about this. If you're a kid, and your parents are like, oh yeah, yeah, go see your Harry Potter movies, and your kid starts learning all this witchcraft at a very young age, and he starts practicing it. He starts using these spells and these things of this nature. And what ends up happening is, is they actually end up becoming adept at this. Okay? This is one of the things that can happen, that they actually go forth and they learn this stuff, and they actually become witches. This is, the occult is real. Witchcraft is real. This stuff is not stuff that's being made up. It's exploding across America. And really, you could go to England, man. You don't, don't think there's witches? <laughs> it's where it started, yeah. So you've got all this witchcraft that's going on, and the church is doing nothing about it. They're, 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 they're stinking promoting it half the time. Nobody's speaking out against it. But the Bible says children will rise up against parents. you got Harry Potter. Okay, so you got these kids with, with Harry Potter. And they look at this, and they're learning this witchcraft. Okay? And I have, there's actually, been, we're going we're gonna to talk, we're going to um, see a quote from a guy that was a high-level witch who's now a Christian, and we're going to see what he has to say about Harry Potter. And what every quote I've ever seen from this man has said that the stuff that they're teaching in Harry Potter is not entry-level witchcraft. It's not just the kiddie stuff. There's stuff that they do in Harry Potter that some witches won't even touch. Okay? So this is the difference here. This is not just some entry-level stuff we're dealing with. If you as a kid learn how to do this stuff, and you learn how to do spells and your potions and counter spells and all these other things, and you have your parents over there, and they're giving you a problem, hey man, I'm just going to do a spell on it. I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And then, and then if you see it work, oh, you're in hook, line, and sinker, man. Why, why not? I mean, hey, it works. I, I, I can manipulate my parents. I can manipulate my brothers and sisters. I can manipulate my teachers. What's not the like? 
you know, it's a good deal. So then the Bible says in Matthew 10.21, it says, now these are, it's, it's a, as a description of some of what can happen, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliceness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, and they are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, and disobedient to parents. Now this is some of the fruit of what Harry Potter would yield if you yield to it. If you yield to this and you actually start to get involved with this stuff. Remember, witchcraft is not just fantasy. I tell people this. You know, you think people get involved in witchcraft because there's no benefit? There's benefit? You think they're just doing it so that they can be seen of all men and, oh, look at me, I'm a big tough witch. I'm telling you, there's benefit. They wouldn't do all this. They wouldn't go through all these ceremonies. They wouldn't... They have seen it work. And because they've seen it work, they want to go deeper. And this is why it's dangerous, because you get pulled in further and further. And it's like, a, it's like that, that analogy that I've given before, where, you know, if you put a frog in lukewarm water, and you slowly turn the burner up, the frog will not jump out and eventually will boil. If you put a frog in boiling hot water, right away, what ends up happening, he jumps out, because he knows it's boiling. But if you do it the other way, where you turn up real slow, by the time he realizes that he's in too deep, it's too late. It's too late. So see, this is the difference. And, and this is why Harry Potter is so dangerous, because it's so subtle. You get involved, oh, it seems so fun, and this is neat, and this is great, and well, there's no harm in any of this, and my church isn't saying anything against it, and, and, and mom and dad think it's okay, and hey! So this is why, this is why, again, why it's so dangerous. So we go on further. It says, here's a real quick list of occult witchcraft practices found in Harry Potter. Now this, is, this isn't stuff we're making up. This is documented in the books. No doubt about it. Harry Potter series has spell casting, has astrology, fortune telling, numerology, divination, uh, psalmistry where they you know, read the palms, the charms, crystal ball gazing, out-of-body travel, which is that astral projection I talked about. you got to be at a very high level in witchcraft to do that. Spirit channeling. Now this would be like when you see dearly departed Uncle Ned. We're going to channel his spirit. We're going to talk to Uncle Ned. And, and supposedly, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll go to these seances. I've been to a seance. I know. I, I mean, my mom took me to one when I was young. And what ends up happening is, is I remember the one that, that I had went to, this person was channeling a spirit. And this woman was at the front of this room, because see, my mom was heavily involved, and in, really still is heavily involved in all this stuff. And what happened is, is everybody went silent, and the um, all of a sudden this woman was talking, and then her voice totally changed. It was freaky. And I'm like, whoa, what is that? And this and evidently the spirit had entered into this woman and it started going around the room to different people, one by one. Said something about me too, I don't remember what he said. But when she got to my mom, she said something about this and that. And it was something really heavy duty. I don't even want to really repeat it. It wasn't like it was inappropriate. It was just something I never knew as a child. And she said, yes, yes, that happened. And it was something that was really major. And I never knew about it. My mom never told me. And afterward, I said, Mom, I said, that really happened? She says, yeah. And see, for my mom, she was looking at that like, oh, this is the way. Because this spirit read my mail. It knew exactly what happened. How could it know that if it wasn't of God? 
Well, the Bible says the problem with all of this is that the Bible condemns all of this stuff as witchcraft. Because, see, again, there's benefit to witchcraft. It's not like these witches do this or they read crystal balls and they're always wrong. or what. Now, they're not always right. I know that for 100% sure. In fact, if you look at, uh, remember that Dion Warwick Psychic Friends Network? <laughs> they went out of business because they were getting it wrong so many times that they got sued, so they had to go out of business. So it's not like, but if you turn on the TV anymore, you've got your psychic detectives. You've got, you've got all these, and what they're doing is, is not only on the shows like the History Channel and the Discovery Channel and National Geographic Explorer and History International, all these shows are putting on shows, number one, to basically totally discredit Jesus Christ, to totally discredit the Bible, but they're also promoting witchcraft heavily. Heavily, heavily, heavily. You know, if, if the battle that we were in wasn't real, why are they going through all this trouble? to try to discredit the Bible, to try to discredit Jesus Christ. Why are they so concerned about Jesus Christ and the Bible if, it, if there wasn't a problem here? Knowing that the media is the main tool used by the devil in order to discredit the Bible, Jesus Christ, and these things, and also promote witchcraft. So, you got all these things that are going on, and when I had went to this... this uh, seance thing with my mom, you know, this this spirit that spoke through this woman nailed it. I got to admit, my mom said, yeah, it happened, just like she said it happened. And for my mom, what that was is, to her, she says, this is more real than anything I've ever seen in the church. Well, she grew up a Catholic, a jaded Catholic. I mean, in a way, I can understand how she could feel that way. Because you grow up and you see all this false religion and you see all this hypocrisy in the church and you see all this, this double-minded junk. And, and you're like, I don't want any part of this. I mean, hey, I went, I went to a Lutheran middle school, personally. I went to a Lutheran middle school. I went to a Catholic high school. I got involved in all the, the, the Pentecostal stuff. I've seen, I've seen such hypocrisy, you know, um, I've got into the Baptist circles, and these things, all I call myself now is a Bible-believing Christian. I don't, I don't put a denominational label on myself or anything like that at all anymore, because man's religion typically is going to lead you in the wrong direction. There's very few religious denominations that can police themselves. They, 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 they're, they're not capable of it really anymore. They're, all they are are governmental institutions anyway. They're under, the, they're under the Internal Revenue Service, under the government, under their 501c3 status. They're there to make money. Bottom line, yeah, money making. And so as a result of this... Well, that's true. Well, the love of money is the root of all evil. So you've got you've got these institutions that are motivated for the wrong reason, and the government gave them their right to exist. But if they were of God, why didn't God give them their right? No, no, we got to go to the government to get our our, our tax exempt status, so people can give money, so everybody can see them giving money, and then they can write it off on their taxes at the end of the year. What kind of motivation is that? So. I know it's not. And, and, and the Bible says, Jesus said, when you give that way, barely, you, you have your reward. You've been seen of men. You got your reward, buddy. We're done. And and um, that's a whole other rabbit trail we could go down. But you got all these things that are going on in, in the Harry Potter stuff. And like, getting back to the story with my mom. See, she views that, she's seen some pretty heavy-duty things. Uh, with palm reading and seances and things like that. And what it does is it opens you up to that and you get conditioned to that way of thinking. And these spirits start to influence you and you start thinking, you know, this is the only way. This is more real than anything I've ever seen in the Bible. I mean, hey, how, how could she have known that? Well, let me tell you how she could know that. In the Bible, it talks about the witch of Endor. 
Now the witch of Endor was the one that when when Saul the the king had had fallen away and wasn't in God's will, Saul got so desperate he went to a witch. And Saul said, hey, listen, Mrs. Witch of Endor, I need you to call Samuel up from paradise, because Samuel was, was, the, uh, was the priest that counseled Saul. And she says, I need you to call Samuel up from paradise, because i got to talk to him. I mean, I, uh, my kingdom's in ruins, i I, I got to have some advice here. Now, Samuel had already done told him what was going to happen, but Saul didn't like the answer. So the Witch of Endor invokes and invokes, and all of a sudden, you got Samuel coming up here. And the witch of Endor realized who it was. Now, I believe that was probably the only instance in the Bible where where God permitted a spirit to be called up from, at that time, I guess you would call it paradise. Okay? And what he told what he told um, King Saul at that point was accurate again. Okay? But he went to a witch to invoke a spirit. It's said that the witch of Endor had what they call a familiar spirit. Okay? What is a familiar spirit? A familiar spirit is a spirit that's familiar with you. That's all it is. So, we live in a world, okay, this three-dimensional world we live in. But what we don't understand is there's a spiritual battle going on around us all the time. It's going on around us all the time. There's good angels... There's bad angels, there's demons, there's things of these other things. They're not bound to our dimension either, and we cannot see them. What is a familiar spirit? A familiar spirit would be a spirit that hung around you your whole life and saw everything that you ever did. You think he might know a little bit about you? Probably. He kind of hung around you your whole life. He's taking notes. Well, when you have a psychic go up there, and she's supposedly reading your mail like she did with my mom, and she's saying, yes, this happened back when you were, you know, this this happened before I was born, what she told my mom. And my mom's there just totally in awe. What it is, is the familiar spirit that's, that's talking through this woman, that's channeling this spirit, is talking to the familiar spirit that's around my mom. All they're doing is relaying information back and forth. Who gets the glory? God or Satan? Satan. So, what happens is, is it's like a big hook that gets put in their mouth, and they think, wow, look at this. I went to the psychic, and they knew this. How could they have known it? It's got to be It's got to be the way to go. I don't see this happening in the Bible, or I haven't had this happen to me lately like this. But see, that's the hook. And that's why Harry Potter is so dangerous, because it gives you a lot of the same stuff. Um, there's also the... the uh, Another thing that happens in Harry Potter is shape-shifting, which is where if you get to a high enough level in witchcraft, and this is portrayed all the time on these occult shows, they'll actually show these witches. I saw this one time, I had um, flipped through a channel, it was that, I think it was that show Charmed, and it was these witches, and this, and this girl was actually changing the color of her hair, she was, she was putting a brush through it, and as she would put the brush through it, it would go from blonde to black. I was like, whoa, but see, that's what Hollywood portrays. They portray, hey, shapeshifting's no big stinking deal. I saw this one, it was called The Initiation of Sarah, where it showed these, these college sorority girls, and what they were doing is there was this one girl that was at the head of the sorority, and she was actually an old stinking hag witch. And what it was, when she wasn't in front of all the other girls, she was this old hag witch, but, but as soon as she had to put on the good game face, she would conjure the spell or whatever and transform herself into this beautiful woman. Now, what I'm saying is that's what Hollywood's portraying. Okay? That's what Hollywood's trying to get us conditioned for. 
there's got to be a reason for it. And this is what Harry Potter's doing too. One of the things they do a lot of is shape-shifting. So, um, this video, Witchcraft Repackaged, Making Evil Look Innocent, is an excellent source to help make the connection between Potter and uh, the Wicca witchcraft. Which Wicca would be more considered, they call white witchcraft. Witchcraft has been around for thousands of years, and it's an abomination, detestable, vile, and abhorred to God. There is, And then the Bible says, there shall be found... There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his or her sons or daughters pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritualist, or one who calls upon the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. Now, everything that I just mentioned is what Harry Potter's promoting, okay? Now, again, you could say, you could be mad at me and say, well, I don't believe you are... Your argument's really not with me. It's with, it's with what the Bible says, okay? So this is what the Bible says. And then it says, And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. Now this is when he was dealing with Israel. This is in Deuteronomy 18, 10-14. It says, You shall be blameless before the Lord your God if you, you know, you need to drive these people out. For these nations which you will dis dispossess listened to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. In other words, you're not supposed to go around and do this and be a Bible-believing Christian. You're not supposed to go to psychics and mediums and, and get advice from these ungodly people. Because they don't, you know, most of the time, well, all the time, they're going to ultimately end up leading you down the wrong path anyway. And I, I guarantee you one thing, you go to a witch or a sorcerer or somebody like this to get your palm, God's never going to get the glory ever. The only one that's going to get the glory is the devil. Okay, or that person. Oh, look at me, I'm so smart. I'm a psychic, I know this and I know that. Well, you know what they don't tell you? I saw this one show about um, those psychic detectives things, and... They normally don't say this, but in this show, what they were saying is that they get thousands and thousands, usually on a per-case basis, when they say, oh, we need help solving this case. They'll have all these thousands of psychics writing in. The vast, vast, vast majority of what these people are saying is, is wrong. Totally wrong. In fact, they get deluged with all these leads, and they, and, and they wait, wait, waste so much time because what they're getting is junk. Yeah. They pick the one out that gets it close. They pick the one out that gets it close. Is what it all, and see, that's the one they put on TV. Oh, he's the one. He's so spiritual. And he's like, you, know what's, you know what's also weird about these shows? Every... It seems like about every one of these, if it's a woman psychic, she's a hardcore lesbian. Oh, yeah. Rabid lesbian. Butch. Butch lesbian. And if it's and if it's a guy, he's some flaming gay guy. I mean flaming, I mean, there's no doubt. He's got the whole the whole talk thing going. Why would if this was of God, why would he use that? You think he's gonna you know, just do the math in your head. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So this was where this is one of the verses in the Bible where it, where it condemns these things. Now notice that it says um, it's, it talks about all the stuff that you're not supposed to consult with witchcraft, soothsayers, or one interprets omens or sorcerers. But the first thing it says, "Thou there shall not be found among you anyone who makes his or her son to pass through the fire." Now, what is this in reference to? This is in reference to Moloch uh, or Chemosh. But in the Bible, it talks about Moloch, and um, what this was, it was a deity that they would sacrifice their children to. Normally infants. And normally it was for financial prosperity, things of this nature. Could you imagine? And what they would do is they would heat this, they, it was a statue like this, and he had his hands out like this, and they would, they would heat this stoking hot fire up where the hands were white hot. 
white hot. And you would place your little baby on those hands, and the hands were slanted up like this, and there was a hole in his, in his belly. And the baby would roll down into the, into the stinking hole where it was just burning in there. They would sacrifice their own kids. I can't even, I can't even stink and conceive of that. But see, why does it tie... The first part of this verse says, There shall not be found among you anyone who makes her her son pass through the fire. And then it goes on to talk about all the witchcraft stuff. Because witchcraft will lead you ultimately if you stay in it. If you go far enough, if you let Satan take you where he's going to ultimately take you, you will end up getting into this kind of junk. I'm not saying everybody does that. But I'm saying we're coming to a day and time where it's probably going to be. Because it was in the past. And it's probably going to be in the future. So, it's kind of interesting. This is associated with all of that. Um goes on to say God warns us of this of these things for our own good. He he offers us hope, mercy and truth through the word, the Bible, and the number one bestseller of all time through his son uh, through the Bible, which is the number one bestseller of all time, through His Son, Jesus Christ. My prayer is that this generation will know the truth that will set them free and will know Him who bring them true peace. My prayer is that they will know the Lord personally and experience His infinite saving and healing power, turn to Him with all their hearts. My prayer is for revival. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And again, that's John 3.16. So let's look at this a little bit further. This is another article, Harry Potter, The Witch's View, because I'm going to devote this whole session to Harry Potter today. Now, this is from a, a witch. She's a... Uh, I'll just read you. It's from the BBC, and this is from England. Uh, Real-life witch, Marissa Koldyski. I don't think I'm pronouncing her name right. She's from Tooting, South London, was one of the first to pick up the new Harry Potter book at midnight. Here, the 27-year-old introduces herself before she reviews The Order of the Phoenix. Now, The Order of the Phoenix, I believe, is, is they came out with a book first, now they're coming out with a movie. You know, like they say, you read the book, now see the movie. You know, well, that's what they're doing now. So, The Order of the Phoenix, I think, just debuted this weekend. Uh, she says, I've been involved in the pagan community for seven years. Now, when you hear that word pagan, again, you're just dealing with a witch. It, you know, it's just kind of a more, a little bit better, better veneer on it than calling somebody a witch. I have been involved in a pagan community for seven years as a thelemite. I'm not 100% sure. I think that has something to do with Aleister Crowley because he had this doctrine called Thelma. But anyway, it, as a thelemite, a solitary witch. Now, a solitary witch would be a witch that was not involved in a witch coven. See, witches can do different things. They can they can be in big groups. They can they can participate in what they call witch covens. Which a witch coven would be thirteen witches, and then they can be a solitary witch. Now, a lot of times, the reason they're solitary witches, and I've read this before, is because they can't get along. You got all these you got all these women, particularly, and they're involved in witchcraft. Women have a hard enough time getting along. Could you imagine thirteen witches together? You talk about some backstabbing stuff there. Well, the, oh, I'm just going to be a solitary witch because I can't handle all these other witches. I can't even imagine. Whew. So then it says. Then it says, um, you are not a Wiccan unless you've been initiated, which I hope eventually to be in a ritual in and a ritual magician in practice. I am also interested in chaos magic, meaning evidently witchcraft that promotes chaos, tarot card reading, the Kabbalah. Now what the Kabbalah is, it's the highest form of Jewish witchcraft. That's what the Kabbalah is. Very, very powerful stuff. And also the Egyptian and Celtic deities. My father introduced me to the Harry Potter books not long after book four came out. I am a fan for several reasons. Initially, it's the universe. The book's with the largest pull have 
initially it's the universe. The books with the largest pull have this highly detailed, well thought out universe that almost every that almost seems real, and importantly, that you would want to be a part of. Hey man, if you ever watch any of these, even clips of these Harry Potter movies, if I was a kid nowadays growing up, and I know how I was at that, it, let's say if I was 11, you know, man, I would have probably bought into this stuff with Klein and Sinker. I'm talking about myself. I'm not trying to hold anybody else to a higher accountability than I hold myself. But I can understand how this would, would pull a kid in. And then it says, you're not just drawn into the story, but into that world. And then through talking about them with fans, you will fall further and further in love with the characters. I've heard of, of kids bringing these books home and them giving them to the parents and the parents reading them all night. They can't put the stinking things down. Think there might be a spirit associated with these books? Just maybe? Maybe there might be a big... Knowing that that's what a lot of times witches will do, they will actually invoke spells, they will actually do things to physical objects in order to influence you, and then you bring them in your home, and it influences your home. That's why the Bible talks about not bringing any cursed objects into your house, because when you do that, it affects your whole house. It just doesn't affect that object. It affects the house, because there's a spirit attached to it. And then it says, um, through talking about them, Okay, so you're not just drawn into the story, but into that world. Then through talking about them with fans, you will further fall in love with the characters. You analyze them, you worry about them until they feel real. You worry about them? This is stinking in a book somewhere. You're going to worry about these characters? Well, evidently you do. And then it says, then you have, in a way, become part of the real shared universe, and it's a wonderful place to be. Now, that's from this witch. Uh, then it says, as you've read yourself, the witches themselves are praising Harry Potter's books. See, this has been the greatest recruitment tool for witchcraft that, that the world has ever known. It's well known in witchcraft. They love Harry Potter and witchcraft because it's the ultimate recruitment tool. And then it has a whole link you can click into here. Read what the witches are saying themselves. I mean, these, are, these aren't... This is witchcraft.org. You can't accuse me of being biased. Oh, you're just some crazy Christian over there saying this. The, the witches don't really feel that. Oh, okay. Go to their own site then. Read it yourself. Um, I can send, and anybody listening to this on the internet, I can send you this article. Um, you can click in and re read it for yourself. You can see it's not my opinion. Then it goes on to say, uh, Harry Potter... Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and the show Charmed. It seems we can't get enough of these things, magical or witchy at the moment. The result of all this interest is that Wicca has become the fastest growing religion in the United Kingdom. It's probably one of the fastest ones here, too. Wicca is a nature-based spiritual path that celebrates the feminine. Oh, isn't that nice? Following follows the changes of seasons of the year and is rich with magic and enchantment. See how nice it sounds? Oh, let's all run around pixie sticks and in the woods somewhere, you know, and hug trees. You know, let's, hey, let's just let our inhibitions down. But it all spell, but is it all spells and hocus pocus? Kate West's grounded introduction to the craft separates the Hollywood the Hollywood myth from the everyday reality with all the practical advice you need to know about the Wiccan way. Now, there, there, I think this book is called The Rural Witch's Handbook by Kay West. So this is a, this is a handbook for witches, okay? Now, you, go, you go to Barnes & Nobles. You go to, to uh, Books A Million. They've got a whole occult section now. And I mean, it's, it's, it's big. I've, I went in there and just browsed, and I'm like, you got everything in there, man. You, you want to know how to be a witch or, or do anything in the occult, it's there. Then it says, there are many coffee table pretenders around, but Kate West is the real thing. Her witchcraft is about passion, not fashion. Oh, isn't that nice? 
She explores the myths that surround witchcraft, its festivals, beliefs, practices, and folklore. She explains the, re the responsibilities of becoming a witch, provides plenty of magical and herbal spells you can work with, from charms to help you attract your ideal partner, to healing potions for natural beauty, to affirmations that will help you find empowerment. Witchcraft can help you become personally fulfilled as it teaches you to take control of yourself and your life. Whether you want to join a group or work alone, this is a great guide to Wicca. Now, I was up on the, on the internet the other day and I was watching one of those Google videos about, I think it was like about uh, Ron Paul or something. And I, I looked over to the side and there was this thing about this love spell. And it was this Google video of this witch. And she, she flat out said she was a witch. And she was taking you through how to do a love spell to attract, to attract a mate. Now, particularly it was a woman trying to get a guy. And it had to do with this mirror, and you rubbed the mirror, and you looked in it, and you, and you burned a candle, and you looked in and all this just junk. you got to do this after seven days, and, you know, all this stuff. But it was done in this real professional, I mean, professional, like it looked like a Hollywood set or something. I mean, they had really taken their time to do this top-notch video on how to do a love spell. It was right on Google Video. So this is the kind of stuff you see a lot of times. Uh, you can go up there if, if you do this type of stuff, and you can do keyword searches, and you can go up on the internet and buy these things. Love spells, $9.95, you know, you know, whatever you want. So they've got all this stuff going on, particularly up on the internet. Uh, then it says, witchcraft can help you become personally fulfilled, as it teaches you to take control of yourself and your life. Whether you want to join a group or work alone, this is a great guide to Wicca. Now, Christianity Today... America's, America's Christian publication, Christianity Today magazine, likes Harry Potter. Oh yeah. This is the partial article below taken from Christianity Today at the following link. I can give you the link. It takes you right to the article. I'm not making this stuff up. This is how pathetic the churches are. Why We Like Harry Potter is, is the title of this article in Christianity Today. Now after all I've just told you, Christianity Today is going to promote it. Here's what they say. This... The series is a book of virtues with a pre-adolescent funny bone. A book of virtues? Witchcraft virtues? Am I missing something here? With a pre-adolescent funny bone. Oh, it's just all funny, you know, funny games. Then it says a Christianity Today editorial. It's a Christmas, it's Christmas present shopping time. Time for your 10-year-old to make his list and to check it twice. But are the Harry Potter books at the top of the list? The first books topping the... This list for a long time, as you can remember, naughty or nice. These multi-million selling stars of bestseller lists cause some anxiety for Christians, since the main characters are wizards and witches. In fact, you may have now read newspaper accounts and heard radio reports of how Christians are fighting school boards over the over having the books in libraries. As a concerned parent, what should you do? We think you should read the Harry Potter books to your kids. <laughs> Dude, I feel like I'm on another planet sometimes reading this stuff. We think you should read the Harry Potter books to your kids. This is from Christianity Today magazine. Unbelievable. Talk about earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. First, we should be... First... We should all be suspicious of the media's hype of Christian parents objecting to the books. Reporters love the dialectic of first presenting the Christian stick in the mud. Who objects to or is outraged by something? Now, see, I, that's what I am. I'm a big stick in the mud, Nonetta. I just want to let you know that. Now you know what I am. I'm a stick in the mud. So, 
first presenting the Christian stick in the mud who objects to or is outraged by something, followed by the reasonable person who demonstrates how to be moral or fun-loving. What remains unreported is that many Christians, such as Charles Coulson and Wheaton College literature professor Alan Jacobs, enjoy and defend the Potter series. Oh yeah, good old Chuck Coulson, he defends it. Focus on the family, James Dobson, they defend it. Wheaton College, they defend... So, okay, let me, let me get this straight. So, so, just because some man who says he's a Christian says it's okay, that automatically makes me say, oh, it's okay, I trust whatever you're saying. Again, the Bible says, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. So you don't want to do that. Second, Christians should never apologize for rigorously scrutinizing what influences our children. A major scandal of our day is how seldom... is how is how seldom this happens. Modern witchcraft is indeed an ensnaring, seductive, false religion that we must protect our children from. But the literary witchcraft of the Harry Potter series has almost no resemblance to the I Am God mumbo-jumbo. I, I just I, I read this and I can't even believe what I'm reading. The, the literary witchcraft of Harry Potter has no resemblance of, of, of any kind of, of, of any kind of true witchcraft? Well, what, what do they want to see? How much I mean every facet of witchcraft is represented in the Harry Potter books and in the movies. What more would they want to see? Human sacrifice right on film? Maybe that would finally convince them. I don't know what it will take. So, um, they actually recommend that the parents read the, the, the books to their kids. That's, that's what their final conclusion was. You know, We have to be open-minded, and we need to be politically correct, too. We mustn't offend. So then, the Bible says in Ephesians 5.11, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Well, this is what we're doing here today. We're not having fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness like Harry Potter, but we're reproving them. What that word means is to, is to call them out, to basically show them to be evil. We're reproving them, okay? And then it says maybe someone needs to hand a USA Today paper to the people at Christianity Today. Now this is what USA Today said. Witches have a good reason to be excited about Harry Potter. The book series is giving the craft a huge boost. Now remember what I said before. The Bible says in Daniel, it says that when the Antichrist comes to power during the seven year tribulation, that he will cause craft to prosper. It says that he will be a speaker of dark sentences. He's going to be very, very adept at the dark arts. He's going to cause witchcraft to prosper. It says he's going to do that. Well, this is what Harry Potter's doing. And the, the, the Christianity today says, oh, it's great. You can see why I'm out of the. You can see why I'm out of the modern day denominational church movement. I don't want any part of it. It's 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 most of it's wicked. They don't have the discernment to see this. You don't have to have the discernment of a dung beetle to know this is wrong. USA Today knows it's wrong. The book series is giving the craft. The craft. Okay, now when you hear that word, the craft, that is in reference to witchcraft. In fact, there's a whole book, it's called The Craft, and it's called The Book of Witches Grimroars. It's one of the, the Bibles of witchcraft. It's just called The Craft. Okay, so it says, No wonder when interviewed by USA Today, a warlock endorsed Harry Potter and bubbled with excitement at the series' wide acceptance by the mainstream media. Uh, he goes on to say he's a charmer that Harry now this is this warlock that they interviewed for USA Today he's a charmer that Harry Potter oh he's a charmer alright 
The Bible talks about charms and enchantments and sorcery. It's all grouped in the same thing. Charmer is not a word that God likes. I hate to say it, but he's not. He's a charmer, that Harry Potter, the adolescent hero of J.K. Rowling's series, rides a broom, owns an invisibility cloak and a magic wand, and has a cast a spell over young readers the world over. He has the modern-day witches enchanted too. Quote, for once, the witches aren't old, ugly hags, said Michael Darnell, 39 years old, a computer programmer from Winnipeg, Canada, who has been practicing witch for over 25 years. Quote, for once, they're protagonists rather than villains. See, that's what Satan wants to present them as. The good guys. Yeah, you're on the right side, man. We're good witches. We're going to do good magic and good evil. But the Bible says, Woe to them that call evil good and good evil. They put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And they put light for dark and dark for light. So, this is what we're doing here. We're calling good evil and evil good. Harry Potter is of the devil. And we'll go back to perdition where it came from when the Lord returns at His second coming. Something is very wrong with professed Christians today who endorse witchcraft. To speak positively of Harry Potter books is to promote and endorse sinful witchcraft. And all witchcraft is sinful. Galatians 9, Galatians 5, 19 and 20 lists witchcraft as one of the works of the flesh, which keep people out of the kingdom of God. The only escape is through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, according to 1 Peter 1, 18-9. Jesus plainly stated in John 3, 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. God. Have you been born again? Religion will not save you. Wicca will not save you. If you don't believe the Bible, then what do you believe? Wh upon what is Wicca's belief based? Here's the answer. Wicca has no solid roots. The, the one would be, and one would be a complete fool to risk spending eternity in hell by adhering to such uncertainties. In other words, Wicca has no set of real belief standards. It kind of changes the wind. It's very unstable. Why would you want to reject the word of God, which describes the sinfulness of mankind accurately, when Wicca doesn't even recognize the, Bible, the biblical concept of sin? Wiccas believe it's wrong to hurt others, but they don't recognize it as sin against God or in the Bible. Now here, this is a, uh, a link to an official Harry Potter Hogwarts school of witchcraft. You can actually go and enroll in these Hogwarts school of witchcraft online. You can actually become like a little, I don't know, like pseudo-witch... By, by going and rolling in these things online. Uh, here's another Hogwarts. Now, when you say Hogwarts, the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft is what is in the Harry Potter movies that all these kids go to. They go to the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft where they get taught by... by um, there are all these adolescent kids that get taught by witches and wizards and warlocks on different areas of witchcraft and the occult and the black arts. And they go to school like a kid would go to school in today's thing and they have different classes to do different things. And that's that's how it's portrayed, okay? So, another Hogwarts children are taught divination, charms, and potions. This site is maintained by a 15-year-old Canadian girl, just one of millions of young, just one of millions of young Satanists being groomed to prepare the stage for the coming of the Antichrist. Whether you want to take Harry Potter's godless witchcraft as a serious matter or not is up to you. But the witches are overjoyed and God is angry. Um, Wicca is a New Age religion which is tolerant of other religions. Uh, which is tolerant of other religions. It wouldn't be tolerant of Christianity, I guarantee you that. That in and of itself is a warning flag. Think about it. Can everyone be correct? Can all religions be correct? Can we all be... Is, is, is everybody on equal footing here? Okay? One, one plus one equals two. You see, 
the truth is intolerant. You cannot say 1 plus 1 equals 3. If you want to, I mean you can say that if you want to, but it doesn't make it so. The Word of God adamantly proclaims that salvation is found only in Jesus Christ. Yet, Wicca says it doesn't matter what you believe, just as long as you don't condemn anyone else as being wrong. I mean, everybody can't be right, guys. I'm sorry. It just can't happen. You can, now you can honestly tell me that now, can you honestly tell me that it's not the devil's work? Common sense should tell a person that every religion cannot be correct. So that leaves us in a predicament. We must study the truth. The, we must study the different manuscripts, research each religion, and decide what we believe to be the truth. To me, it couldn't be any simpler. You see, every false religion can be traced back to a sinful human being. Charles Russell, who founded the Jehovah Witnesses. Russell Smith, who founded the, the Mormons. Seventh-day Adventists. Seventh-day Adventism is based on the writings of Ellen G. White. Ron Hubbard founded the Church of Scientology. Muhammad founded Islam. And so forth. The Catholic Church is based upon Constantine. Constantine was the Roman Emperor of 1318 that came and he, he said, Hey, guys, listen, I know we've been killing all you Christians in the Colosseum and we've been doing all this and we've been burning you at the stake, but you know what? The more we kill you and the more we burn you, the more your religion grows. So you know what we're going to do? What we're going to do is, is you come under us. We're not going to persecute you anymore. We're going to have one big, nice, big, fat religion. We're going to call it the Catholic Church. And we're going to adopt all the pagan stuff from the pagans into the Catholic Church. But we're going to put a Christian veneer on it and make it look Christian. This is where we get so many of our holidays, like Easter which stands for the goddess Ishtar. And Christmas, which is actually the birth date of Tammuz, who's the sun god. It's not the son of God, but the sun god. We could go down that rabbit trail if we want to, but that's a whole other lesson. So, all these things are based on man's teachings. The Catholic Church is no different. Uh, uh, the Catholic Church is based upon Constantine, the Council of Trent, the Popes, the fabricated traditions of the Vatican over the years. However, Christianity, true Bible-believing Christianity, which doesn't even have a denominational label, can be traced back to Jesus Christ, God incarnate who gave his life that we may live, shedding his blood to pay for our sins. It all boils down to this. You're either going to trust God or you're going to trust man. Romans 3.4 declares, Yea, let God be true and every man a liar. According to 1 John 2.22, Wiccans are liars. The, the word Wiccan means twisted or bent. They're twisted or bent. Okay, that's what it means. It's interesting that the very term warlock used to describe a male witch means a liar. Did you know that? <laughs> or warlock means liar. But see, doesn't it say that Satan's the father of lies? And you know, Jesus says, you're of your father the devil, and of your father his works ye will do. Well, if you're of your father the devil, you're going to be a liar. It's going to be one of the attributes of being one of Satan's kids. Some are worse liars than others. Witches are liars when they deny that Jesus when they deny that Jesus is the only way to heaven. It is for these reasons and many more that Harry Potter ought to be shunned, exposed, burned with the garbage. Now, this is from a guy that was a witch, who's a pastor now, but he was a hardcore witch, this guy, Pastor Meyer. He's been on my email list for a long time. He's the guy that writes the last trumpet newsletter. Let's read what his testimony is on this. Harry Potter, what does God have to say? I am writing this urgent message because I was once a witch. I lived by the stars as an astrologer, a numerologist, casting horoscopes and spells. I lived in the mysterious and shadowy realm of the occult. By means of spells and magic, I was able to invoke powers of the... Uh, in powers of the controlling unknown and fly upon the night winds transcending the astral plane. I guess he got into astral projection. He was at a high level, this guy. Halloween was my favorite time of year. And if you ask witches, that's what they'll typically say. Halloween's their favorite time of year. 
What they believe Halloween is, is really the birthday of Satan, of Lucifer. They believe that Halloween is the night of the year that the veil between the spirit world is at its thinnest. When the spirits can cross over the easiest. See, this is one of the reasons they ultimately started wearing costumes. Because when these spirits crossed over into our plane of existence, many times these spirits were nasty, nasty, evil, malevolent spirits. So what they did is they thought by wearing costumes they could actually kind of scare the spirits back. You know, hey, you know, don't mess with me. I got this costume. And, and I have went into all of the traditions of Halloween before and that would take a whole other two-hour lesson to get into that. So, But anyway, that just a little thought there. Halloween is my favorite time of year. I was intrigued and absorbed in the realm of Wiccan witchcraft. All of this was happening in a decade of the 1960s when witchcraft was just starting to come out of the broom closet. <laughs> no pun intended. It was during that decade of the 1960s. Now remember I talked about 1960s was, was when a lot of this started happening. In the year 1966 that a woman, J.K. Rowling, was born. Now, this is the woman that wrote all the Harry Potter books. This is a woman who has captivated the world in the year of 2000 with four books, which are known as the Harry Potter, ser- Harry Potter series. These books are orientational and instructional manuals of witchcraft woven into a format of entertainment. That's what this witch is saying. These four books by J.K. Rowling teach witchcraft. I know this because I was once very much part of that world. Witchcraft was very different in the 1960s. There were a lot fewer witches. The craft was far more secretive. At the end of the spiritual, at the end of that spiritually troubled decade, I was miraculously saved by the power of Jesus Christ and His saving blood, and I was also delivered from every evil spirit that had lived in me, and I was set free. See, if you're a witch. You invite these spirits to come and live inside you. You you interview people that were former witches, and they will flat out tell you, "I invited spirit," and they would. Be- I remember uh, Bill Schnabel one time. He's he's a guy that was a former witch. He's born again now, saved. And he would say he would he would literally be at his satanic altar begging spirits to come and possess him. He would beg them because why? Why would you want a spirit to come possess you? Because the more spirits you got, the more power you have. Maybe you didn't have the power or the spiritual whatever to do this particular thing in witchcraft. Well, you you try to invoke or invite the spirit to come live inside you. And now all of a sudden you have that power that you lacked before. What does that make you want to do? Get more spirit so you can get more power. Never ends. It's like it's like the carrot that's dangled out in front of you. It just never ends. So we go on and it says... Um, I was miraculously saved by the power of Jesus Christ. I was also delivered from every evil spirit that lived in me and I was set free. However, as I began to attend fundamental Christian churches, I realized that even more there was witchcraft that witchcraft had left their mark in the fundamental Christian churches. Pagan holidays and and sabbats, which pagan holidays, a sabbat would be like a religious holiday for a pagan. Okay? These pagan holidays were celebrated as Christian holidays. This is again, what I said, like Christmas and Easter and all these things, these different things which we view as these these wonderful Christian holidays. Start all this started back when the Catholic Church amalgamated all this into the modern day quote Christian system back in 1318 at the Council of Trent through Constantine. That's when it all started. As time went on, I watched the so-called Christian churches compromising and unifying. Well, the Bible says that there's going to be a one-world religion. Hmm. All the religions are going to come under one heading. Hmm. Wonder how all that's going to happen. Hmm. We 
we've got all these religions now on the earth, and they all kind of seem like they're coming together. They're kind of like, they're, they're, they're putting away their differences now, and they're saying, what common ground can we have? What common ground can a Catholic have with the Protestant? And what common ground can a Catholic have with the Muslim? And, you know, this and that. It's got to happen because the Bible says it was going to happen. And, and, it's, and it is happening. It's right before our eyes. So it says, He watched these churches compromising and unifying. And he also watched with amazement as the teachings from the Eastern religions and the New Age doctrine began to captivate congregations. It was... It was a satanic setup, and I saw it coming. Illuministic conspirators were bringing forth a one-world religion with a cleverly concealed element of occultism interwoven into its teachings. In order to succeed in bringing witchcraft to the world and thus complete satanic control, an entire generation would have to be induced and taught to think like witches. Talk like witches, dress like witches, and act like witches. The occult songs of the 1960s launched the Luciferian project of capturing the minds of an entire generation. In the song, in the song Sound of Silence by Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel, we were told of seeds that were left while an entire generation was sleeping. And that the vision, and quote, and that the quote vision that was planted in my brain still remains. End of quote. Now, in the year 2000, all the foundations for occultism and witchcraft were in place. See, these seeds that were planted back in the 60s have now sprouted, and now they're bearing fruit. Okay? It was the, um, all the foundations of occultism and witchcraft are now in place. The Illuminists have to move quickly, because time has run out. Now, when it talks about the Illuminists, what we're in reference to is there's 13 ruling families that basically rule the earth. Okay? The top family from my studies is the Rothschilds. The Rothschilds are the ones that basically control the whole modern day banking system. And this started way back with the five brothers of the Rothschilds back in the, uh, I think, 1700s, 1600s. See, the love of money is the root of all evil. And Satan knew he had to position a family at the very, very top that had control over the modern day banking system. Because banking by itself, is there's so much wickedness in that as, as well. So the Rothschilds are basically the top family of the 13 families of the Illuminati. And then you have the guys like the Rockefellers and the Carnegies and, and the Astors and the DuPonts and the Bundys and these kind of guys. The Krupps, the Merovingians. So, when it talks about the Illuminati, that's what we're in reference to here. So, in order to succeed in bringing witchcraft to the world, uh, oh, hold on, I've already said that. It was the communist revolutionary Lenin who said, quote, Give me one generation of youth, and I will transform the entire world. I think Hitler also said that too. Now an entire generation of youth has been given to a woman named J.K. Rowling and her four books on witchcraft, known as the Harry Potter series. As a former witch, I can speak with authority when I say that I have examined the works of Rowling and that Harry Potter books are training manuals for witchcraft. Untold millions of young people are being taught to think, speak, dress, and act like witches by... Filling their heads with the contents of these books. Children are obsessed with Harry Potter books. I mean, you, these kids are obsessed. I mean, they have these, these midnight book sales where they sell. I mean, you've got kids waiting there for like, you know, a day to get a stinking Harry Potter book. Or, or the movies and things like this. I mean, it's well known. And I mean, they'll sell out like that when they get their first shipment in. So, there's, there's an obsession with this stuff. And then it says, Christians, uh, they're obsessed with this. Christians are obsessed with Harry Potter books. 
so much so that they have left television and video games to read the witchcraft manuals. The first book of the series, entitled Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, finds the orphan, Harry Potter, embarking into a new realm when he is taken to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. At this occult school, Harry Potter learns how to obtain and use witchcraft equipment. Harry also learns a new vocabulary, including witches, including words such as Azakaban, Cirque, Draco, Erised, Hermes, Slytherin. Now he's quoting all these words. All of which are names of real devils or demons. These are not characters of fiction. These are names that as a witch you would invoke in a witchcraft ceremony. Okay? Now, what witches will do, you many times you'll see the pentagrams associated with witchcraft. What witches will do is they will either cast, I think it's like an eight foot, either pentagram or hexagram. A pentagram is a five pointed star, a hexagram is a six pointed star. They will cast that on the ground, and if they're trying to invoke a demon, or a fallen, normally it's a demon, from, a fa- from another plane of existence, what they will do is, this is how they do it. They, they, they cast this circle, and they will actually invoke this demon, and they believe that the circle offers them some type of protection, that the demon will not be able to go outside the circle and get them, or whatever. But this is how it's done. So, the first book of the series, entitled Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, finds the orphan Harry Potter. Okay, we already said, okay, so he learns all these names, how serious are these names? By reading these materials, many millions of young people are learning how to work with demon spirits. They are getting to know them by name. Vast numbers of children professing to be Christians are also filling their hearts and minds, while willingly ignorant parents look the other way. The titles of the books should be warning enough to make us realize how satanic and antichrist these books are. The aforementioned title of the first book, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, was a real giveaway. The second book was called Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. While well, the third book was entitled Harry Potter, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Sadly enough, this blatant witchcraft has, has been endorsed by well-known and respected Christian leaders such as Dr. James Dobson and Chuck Colson, who have been proving themselves to be modern-day Judas Iscariots. Nothing could be more obvious than that of Harry Potter's books are pure witchcraft and of the devil. The Christian leaders, however, defend them by saying that that's good magic always wins over the bad, over the evil magic. This is the oldest con game ever handed, hatched out of hell. As a real witch, I learned about the two sides of, quote, the Force. Okay? Because you, you hear of the, of the Star Wars movies? Use the Force, Luke. You know, Darth Vader says to Luke Skywalker, use the Force. And see, the Force is something that many times when you hear that word, may the Force be with you, like you hear in Star Wars, when witches say goodbye... That's what a lot of times they'll say to one another. They'll either say, may the force be with you, which is a witchcraft saying, or they'll say, blessed be. If you're ever driving down the road and you see a bumper sticker and it says, blessed be, okay, now I don't mean be like a bee buzzing bee, just be, blessed be, you know that's a witch in the car. That's how they'll say, that's, that's kind of the way they invoke good magic, blessed be. You know, they say this type of stuff. So... This is the oldest con game hatched out of hell. As a real witch, I learned about the two sides of the Force. 
See, there's the good force and there's the dark force. Apparently, so do many Christian leaders. The real witches have sabbats and meet as, as a coven. They greet each other by saying, Blessed be. And, I didn't know he was going to say that just now. And when they part, they say, May, they say, The force be with you. And that just confirms what I just said. I hadn't read ahead either. Both sides of this force are Satan. It is not a good side of the force that overcomes the bad side, but rather it's the blood of Jesus Christ that destroys both supposed sides of this satanic force. High-level witches believe that there are seven satanic princes, and that the seventh, which is assigned to Christians, has no name. Did you know that? There's seven satanic... There's seven... The seven highest deities underneath Satan himself. There's seven of them. And the one that's, that's, that is assigned to destroying the Christian has no name. It's the most powerful of all the devils, of all the fallen angels, this one. It has no name. In COVID meetings, he is called the Nameless One. In the Harry Potter books, there's a character called Voldemort. The pronunciation guide says of this being, he is the one who must not be named. Oh, cause, so could the Voldemort guy in the Harry Potter thing be the name of, that, of, the, uh, of, the, uh, of the highest fallen angel underneath Satan that is assigned to basically destroying the Christians. His name's Voldemort. On July 8th at midnight, bookstores everywhere were stormed by millions of children to obtain the latest and fourth book on the series known as Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. These books were taken into homes everywhere with real evil spirit following each copy to curse those homes. That's another thing. You get one of these books, you bring it into your home, you're bringing a curse into your home. There is a devil associated and attached with that book. Why do you think the kids are so obsessed and they won't put these things down? Why do you think when parents even pick them up, they can't put them down? There's a spiritual dynamic that's taking place here that people are not seeing. Because Christians don't want to think about the spiritual things. Oh no, that's just all... But the Bible says we battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes, principalities, rulers of wickedness in high places. This is where our true battle is. Yet we think, oh no, there's no such thing. But yet the Bible says that's where our true battle is. These, um, on July 8th, which was also the 18th day, um, which was also the 18th day from the witch's Sabbat of Midsummer, July 8th was also the 13th day from the signing of the United Religious Charter in San Francisco. Now we have learned that the public school system is planning to use the Harry Potter magic books in the classroom, making the, pu the public school centers of witchcraft training. Well, now this, this article is a little bit old, but this has already been done. Hey, Scholastic USA is the one that makes the books. <laughs> They're the ones that they use these textbooks in schools now. What does God have to say about such books as the Harry Potter series? In the Bible, in the book of Acts, we read the following in chapter 19, verses 18 through 20. Quote, and many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds, many of them also which used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men. These are people that got saved, came out of the witchcraft, and they brought all their books together and they burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. There's a lot of witchcraft books. Okay? So mightily grew the word of the Lord and prevailed. Well, as a result of them burning all these witchcraft manuals, because see, the reason you want to burn these things is because these devils that are attached to these cursed objects do not like fire. It's well known they do not like fire. And you, you, basically what you're doing is it's almost like you're breaking a curse. Okay? When you burn these things, this is why I wrote our command. Whenever you can burn these things, because it's gonna it's gonna be a lot better uh, as far as the the effect. And then the the byproduct of that was so mightily grew the word of the Lord and prevailed. 
As parents, we will answer to God if we allow our children to re read witchcraft books. The Word of God will, might will prevail mightily in your life if such things of Satan are destroyed. What, our, what a motto should be is that anything that would separate us from God, let's get rid of. And hey, if you're not 100% sure about it, if possible, err on the side of safety. Uh, email me about it if you want. See, you know, see if you're, if you're having questions about anything. Please email me. I'll see what I can do to help you. The word of God will prevail mightily in your life if such things of Satan are destroyed. This track has been prayed over, and I hope that it has helped. Now, this is a track that he produces that I just read from Pastor David Meyer. If you go to Last Trumpet Ministries, just do a keyword search for Last Trumpet Ministries. And you can go up there, and he has some tracks. And you can download them right off the internet. You can print them out. Now, in this article, this article is, um, I can email this to you. He has got now links to articles exposing the evils of Harry Potter. I can't tell you how many. There, there, there's there's got to be way over 20 links that, um, that, that, that go into this further. I mean, we just link after link after link. Here's, here's a quote from a high priest. This is a high priest, Egan, the first church of Satan in Salem, Massachusetts. Salem, where we had the Salem witch hunt. Okay? This is a church from this high priest. He said, quote, Harry is an absolute godsend to our cause. End of quote. But yet, James Dobson's right arm in arm, Chuck Colson's right arm in arm with this, with this high priest, first church of Satan. Oh, but hold on, brother. You're bad. Because you're causing division among the brethren. This is what I got accused of this week by a Pentecostal. I'm causing division. You know how many times I've heard that? Particularly from Pentecostals. Anytime it varies from any of their any of their satanic dogma that they believe in. And I'm not saying all of what the Pentecostals believe is satanic. But I'm saying there is some things that they believe that are not of God. What they will automatically do is saying, judge not lest ye be judged, and you're causing division among the brethren. The Bible says, Jesus said, I came not to bring peace but a sword, and a man would be divided against his own household. Hey, listen, if you're not on the side of righteousness, and I am, what I'm going to say to you is going to offend you. If you call that causing division among the brethren, I'm sorry. You know? Call it what you will, but we're called to mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. This is Romans 16, verse 17 and 18. If Satan can be transformed into an angel of light, it's no marvel that his ministers can be transformed into ministers of righteousness. These pastors that do these things and promote these things are hirelings. Because they have no true love for the flock. So, the Bible says, He that is spiritual judgeth all things. But we could go on and on about that. And then it says, this is a quote from another witch. Uh, this is a quote from the same witch. He says, An organization like ours thrives on new blood. No pun intended. And we've had more applicants than we can handle lately. That's what this high priest of Satan the Satanic First Church of Satan Church in Salem, Massachusetts said. We've had more than we could handle lately because of the new blood. Malachi 2.17 says, You have wearied the Lord with your words, yet ye say, Wherein have we wearied Him? When ye say, Everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord. See, it says it right here, You've wearied the Lord with your words. 
when you got a guy like Chuck Colson or James Dobson or Wheaton College or all these other Christians that promote Harry Potter, when you when you have them calling good evil and evil good, the Bible says you have wearied the Lord with your words. Yet you say, when have we wearied him? Well, well why? Why would Chuck Colson could say to God, well, why have I wearied you, God? James Dobson, why have I wearied you? Here's why. Here's what God's answer would be to them. When ye say, everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord. See, they're saying Harry Potter's good when it's evil. And you do this in the sight of God. Harry Potter's witchcraft is evil to the core. Don't upset God by saying it's not. Talk about grieving the Holy Spirit. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. Simple as that. Flee all appearance of evil. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. Psalm 97 verse 10. Simple as that. Flee all appearance of evil. When was the last time you heard a children's book wanted by every child? Like it or not, over the last year, Harry Potter's series has stolen our children's hearts and continues to do so. She has sold over 3 million books in this series. 3 million. You know. Sorry. It wasn't 3 million. I was off by a couple zeros. It's 300 million. 300 million. I didn't do that on purpose. It just kind of came out that way. But I think it was better for effect. You know. I kind of want to have a little bit of that Hollywood theme in my messages too. 300 million books in this series. Now, I don't even know what it is now. My, probably 400 million. 300 million books in this series, and is the first author to break the billion dollar threshold. The first author to ever break the billion dollar threshold of any book ever sold? What does that tell you? That tells you that, that our children are more obsessed with witchcraft than just about any other thing right now on the planet. Harry Potter's first hit hit the top of the adult hardcover bestseller list in England in less than a year. Currently, the first three books in the series still occupy the four top slots of the New York Best Times sellers list. Within the new books... Now, again, this is a little bit dated, but again, it, at one time this was the case. I don't know what it is now. With the new books spending 42 weeks on the New York bestseller list, the top three selling books this week are all written by author J.K. Rowling. Oh, unbelievable. The top three best-selling books this week are all written by J.K. Rowling on the New York Times bestseller list. Amazon.com reported the new book to be the largest pre-order that they had ever sold. They had a pre-order of 313,000 copies before it was even released. The, the, the three top best-selling books at the time this was written was Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. And you're telling me this is something we shouldn't be concerned about? As, I mean... It's unbelievable. There are numerous books written on witchcraft and the occult, but there is none more ingeniously packaged to attract the kids like this one. It's been said that you can tell a book by its cover. On this one, you that you can't tell a book by its cover, but on this one, you can. Notice in the picture, he's flying on a broomstick. Oh, Harry Potter flying on a broomstick. What did we say that was representative of? One of the highest level dark art powers that you could possess, called astral projection. But it's okay because Harry Potter's doing it. It's all innocent fun, right? Harry Potter graced the cover of Time Magazine in September. He's on the cover of Time Magazine. One of the main um, implements of the New World Order is a conditioning tool. Harry Potter's on the cover. 
Nice. He was on the Time Magazine cover in September of this year, giving him a boost to his already celebrity status. It has now become the thing to read fiction books on sorcery. An interview with author, author J.K. Rowling presented by stories from the website asked... Any clues about your next book? This is to J.K. Rowling. She says, quote, I don't want to give anything away, but I can tell you that the books are going to get darker. Harry's going to have quite a bit to deal with as he gets older. Sorry if they get too scary. The most recent book is the darkest of the series, and as promised, they will progress to be darker as they continue. Why? Because Satan's got that carrot out. He's going to take you further and further. What do you think they're going to get more pixie sticks and in 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 buttercups and lily pads? I don't think so. They're going to get worse and worse and worse. Harry Potter first achieved success in England, and next in the United States, Rowling had first struggled to have the book printed. She asked for a grant from the Scottish Arts Council. They gave her. $11,000 to finish the book she was writing. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone was first published in England as Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. The USA version name was changed from Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone to Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Well, that would be more witchcraft politically correct, evidently. I mean, the Philosopher's Stone doesn't sound near as neat as the Sorcerer's Stone. Um... They certainly were unafraid of any controversy, knowing that it would help sell the book. It has been sold to publishers in eight countries, and has netted $100,000 in advance from Scholastic Books for the American edition. Judy Corman, spokeswoman for the U.S. publisher Scholastic Division of Scholastic Inc., which we talked about earlier, reports that 5 million hard hardback copies of the books have been sold in the United States, and millions more in paperback. Seven plus million altogether, which add up to a whole lot of kids reading. It will be published shortly in Brazil, Holland, it goes on to list all these, in 35 languages and all. They're trying to indoctrinate the whole world in witchcraft. The books continue to win major awards in England. Now, and again, I should stop here and say, you know, this is stuff we should be praying about, really. There should be, there should be whole churches, but they're not. There should be whole churches that are organized to pray against just Harry Potter alone. Or, praying and fasting is even better. There, there should be whole... But see, the church is so self-centered and so, so delusional... They don't even concern themselves with these things. They don't, they don't even devote any time. I mean, I can only do so much as one person. We're all called to different parts of the body of Christ. I can't do it all. And one particular Christian can't. But could you imagine what the world would be like if Christians really got together and started delegating authority like the body of Christ should? And I don't mean one ruling over another. I mean everyone in his own place in the body of Christ. If you're, if you're a uh, prayer warrior, whatever you are, you know, if you're going to fast and pray, you could do these types of things and pray against this stuff. Oh, oh, what are we supposed to do? Pray for it? That it prosper? So, this book has continued to win major awards in England. All these accolades... Uh, this is just more... It's, it's, what? Some have compared it to Alice in Wonderland. Peter Pan and other famous children's adventurous books. Oh, these blow away any of that, as far as, I'm sure as far as net sales. However, the comparison is weak and not relative considering the content and the underlying message of power through the occult is available and is good. See, that's the underlying message. Power through the occult, through the dark arts, is available and it's good. You can use it because you're a good witch. The books 
are well written and has certainly and has a certain attraction to capture those of young ages to be infatuated with it. This is why so many have said it's good because it's promoting reading to children who are normally not interested. Oh yeah, that's one I've, I've oh little Johnny's finally reading. He's never read before. I forgot to even touch on that subject. You know. Yeah, that's good. Let's get him good and demon-possessed, but at least, you know, he'll burn in hell forever, but at least he'll be a great reader. Reading ain't going to be able to help him in hell. You know? Uh, however, it is the content of the story that needs to be questioned for the very same reason, as it is targeting the very young. Rowling's new Harry Potter novel is the fifth in her Potter series, and it's to be about 900 pages. Wow! 900 pages! Associated Press has reported... June 21st, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix has the first printing of 6.8 million copies. Compared to J.K. Rowling's previous Potter novel, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire came out in July of 2000 was the first printing was 3.8 million. It sold out within 48 hours. 3.8 million books sold out in 48 hours. And now has over 16 million copies in print. And every one of these has their own big, big fat devil attached with them. Every one of them. Talk about bringing the accursed thing into your house. I mean, they had to go out and stone Aiken and his whole family and kill him and bury all his possessions because he brought the accursed thing from Jericho into the into the uh, camp. And it defiled the camp. They lost the Battle of Ai. I think they lost like 36 guys. And they had to go out and stone... Could you imagine how much cursed things are in the average Christian's house today? And they had to stone Aiken and his family for bringing in a few things? Tell you what, it's pretty sobering. You start thinking about it. So this, despite Scholastics announced twenty nine ninety nine suggested retail price. Now, if you flip twenty nine ninety nine over, you've got six six six. If you look at that, you flip twenty nine ninety nine over, you got six six six, and then an upside down two. Just so you know, nines upside down or sixes. I'm just you know, hey. Call me paranoid, but, you know, is, 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 is there any wonder? I think they would have liked to put it at $6.66, but they couldn't have made any profit off that, probably. So the highest ever, this is the highest ever retail for a new work of children's fiction. I mean, what a rip-off. A deluxe edition of The Order of Phoenix, priced at $60, will have its first printing of 350000 So that's, that's going to run you 60 bucks. Far more copies than most conventional publications. The deluxe edition includes a full case cloth cover with gold embossing, which will slide into a special slip box. Isn't that nice? Expected sales for the Order of Phoenix has topped the bestseller list of Amazon.com. Author J.K. Rowling is 34 years old. She lives and writes in Scotland. She is the graduate of Exeter University and is a teacher. She's a married journalist and a young has a young daughter named Six. She's divorced now and moved back to Edinburgh. In 1993, among the things she loves, she states, is Halloween. At the time she was writing, she was the single parent and penniless, living on unemployment benefits. Oh, poor J.K. Rowling. She had to write her witchcraft thing to, to make ends meet. She is, she is stunned with the success of the books. She probably made a deal with the devils, which she did. You know, you don't get to the success level and not and not do that. I, you know, it's well known in rock music, these guys make deals with the devil to get to where they get. Rowling says the story came in an unusual way for the Harry Potter book. She was taking a long train journey from Manchester to London, England in 1990 when she was struck on a delayed train 
stuck on a delayed train and the idea for Harry just fell into her head. It took her five years to write it. But throughout that time period, she came... Everything came fully formed, as did the idea for his sidekicks, the characters of Ron and Hermione, who came flooding into my head. At that point, it was essentially the idea for a boy who didn't know he was a wizard. In a wizard school, he ended up going to. The author has described herself as, I have a very visual imagination. I see it, then I try to describe it in my mind's eye. I can't prove this author is involved in New Age, in some way, but this certainly sounds like the language. Many musical artists who are, who are in the occult have testified to songs just coming into their heads, so the source does not seem to be all from her. Um, BBC News stated, October 17, 1999, Harry Potter books fight back rolling. This is from the BBC. Though There are those things in the book in the book because I made it a very conscious decision right at the beginning that I was writing about something evil, and I, and I was not going to tell a lie, said J.K. Rowling. I think they're very more, more moral books. I see children as innately good unless they've been very damaged. That's where I'm coming from. The fact that the parents are portrayed as evil, she admits, is planned this way in the story. What kind of message does this send? That the parents are the evil ones, and the children are the good ones? That that's the stories. That's how they portray them. Oh, parents are just these evil stick in the muds that want to make us, you know, clean our room and eat all the peas on our plate or whatever. Children are innately good unless they've all been very damaged. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all of our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we are altogether an unclean thing from the beginning. From the very beginning. We are born into sin. And in sin did my mother conceive me, and I was shaped in iniquity. The psalmist said, uh, David said that in Psalm 51. So, you know... This is absolutely, totally contradictory to the Word of God. Everything about these books. So, what is most puzzling is that parents read the book and seem to overlook the example and not the so subtle message it sends. See, they, even the parents read it and they say, oh yeah, these parents are just sticks in the mud. It's okay. You know why? Because they're under a spell. Reading the books, they're under a spell. That's why you don't want to go watch these movies and you don't want to read the books. Harry Potter, an 11-year-old wizard in training who is competing for the attention of young children next to Pokemon. This book is so successful that the Pokemon, so successful that like the Pokemon movie, it will have its own debut in 2001. Now, this is again, this is a little bit dated. Some of the stuff that I'm reading here, and I think what we've done is we've got the point across here today of what we're dealing with here. Um, I can email you. Uh, further stuff. We've we're already past two hours, and I've got way more to go. But I, I, I think the gist of it is is what we what we've needed to see. Um, this stuff's pure witchcraft. It's straight from the pit of hell. God is a black and white God. He's not a gray God. And this is evil. This isn't even something that you have to have a high level of discernment to really. But the problem is, is that the pastors aren't preaching against it very much. Not many. And there's many out there that are advocating it. Worse yet, like you've got these big mainstream guys. And all of these Christians are out there putting their trust in men. And they're not putting their trust in the Word of God. If they just read the Bible, they could quickly ascertain and discern that this is evil. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and end there. I'm going to go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us, Lord God in heaven. I pray, Lord God, that you would forgive us for any and all sins that we've committed, Lord God, in any way, shape, and form, that you would, 
that you cleanse us of presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us, Lord. That the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. And that, Lord God, that we would forgive any of those that have sinned against us in any way, shape, and form. I pray, Lord God, for your protection over the body of Christ, over these little ones, Lord God, that would read these books and be indoctrinated into this. I pray to God in the name of Jesus Christ that all these wicked works of the devil, Lord God, would be destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not praying, God, that you destroy, Lord God, the people. I pray to God, if it be possible, the people that are associated with these books, these, these authors and these, these publishing houses and all these things. I pray to God, if it be possible, their souls be saved. Lord God, but if not, if they're just going to continue to commit wickedness and defile humanity and defile these children with witchcraft and ultimately take them to hell, I pray to God they be overthrown. I pray to God in the name of Jesus Christ they be stopped. For it's your will that not one would perish, Lord God, but that all would come to repentance. And I pray to God that the fear of God would rest upon these children and upon these authors, uh, upon this author J.K. Rowland and upon these publishers and upon every faction that is producing and putting this book out to the general public. I pray to God the fear of God would be upon them, that you would hedge their way up with thorns, that they would not be able to prosper in their wickedness in the name of Jesus Christ, that great fear would fall upon this world. In the name of, and that your name be glorified and that many would be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord God, also that you bring us back at the next appointed time and that you bless all the hearers of this message and your name be glorified. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Yes, sir.